Touchdown, Kansas City! This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. This Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. Go Chiefs! Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers tickets from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. There will be plenty of reasonable things that will be said about the Chiefs game tonight. There will be plenty of criticisms Plenty of critiques, plenty of pieces of analysis of what went wrong. And if Twitter is any indication, there will be an equal, possibly greater number of all of those things that will be horribly inaccurate and super knee-jerky. So that's where we're at tonight on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Welcome in. I use the word welcome very lightly because I'm assuming that I'm going to be angry at most of you. Or maybe I'll find some friends here tonight. I'm Joshua Briscoe. I don't know if I'm going to agree or disagree with Brad Porter other than, hey, Brad, we were bleeping wrong about some stuff in the pregame show, huh? Uh, So wrong. Uh, Chiefs minus 11, wrong. Yeah. Over over on 55 and a half, wrong. Wrong. Uh, Chiefs 39-23 final score, wrong. Yeah, 42-24, not better. Justin Houston, not worried about him, wrong. Wrong as hell. (laughs) Here's, wrong, wrong, wrong. Here's where I guess I'm going to probably just immediately sound defensive. For all of the talk, and I'm, I'm just reading Twitter right now, right? For everything that I've been paying attention to for the last several hours, I don't want to begin talking tonight about the Colts running the ball. They were very good at it. It also earned them all of 19 points with some big mistakes made by the Chiefs defense with so many penalties and a 50-some yard penalty that took them through the air on Bashad Breland. So many mistakes made. Frank Clark missing somebody in the backfield. Darren Lee missing a tackle on a big play back on that very first drive. For all of the things you want to say about the the Colts just just having an offensive line that manhandled the Chiefs' defensive line, which is a true thing that happened. They ended up getting four yards per carry on the ground. That's not exceptional. That doesn't beat the Chiefs in a vacuum. This isn't a recipe for what you do from here on out. Four yards on the ground, even 45 carries for 180 yards. I could not tell you the last time I saw a team run the ball 45 times. I think Army runs the ball 45 times a game, and that might literally be it. And all of that. And you can fill up the board, man. 913-3810-810. I feel right now like that gif of Jon Snow waiting for all of the White Walkers to charge me. Bring it in. That's fine. There's a bunch of stuff that I'll be critical about and a bunch of stuff we can all be disappointed about. But I am not going to see visions of Marlon Mack running through my head like all the sheep I'm counting as I go to sleep tonight. The Chiefs put up 13 points. They put up up half of their worst game under Patrick Mahomes ever. They did 50% worth of that. This offense tonight went out there and put up 13 points. And it wasn't. We talked in the pregame show. One thing that at the very least I feel like we've gotten right all week. I I do not care about time of possession. The Chiefs had nine genuine possessions in this game. 
and they got 13 points out of those. That's as bad as I've seen it be. That's as bad as anyone's seen it be, statistically speaking. No argument here. That's as bad as it's ever been for this Chiefs offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. 13 points on nine possessions, not even counting the one that they knelt out at the end of of the first half. That's where this game goes away. That's where this game falls apart. The defense you can totally be critical of. That's okay. But I told you in the pregame show, I I was giving the Colts 24 points, and I thought this game would be a blowout. 24 points I thought the Colts would end up with, and the Chiefs would win comfortably. Maybe they'd give up some garbage time points to make it close at the end. And that by no means played out here tonight, because the Chiefs lose to the Colts 19-13, where where the first five things for me have to start on the offensive side of the ball. Brad, I don't know if you agree or disagree with me. I'm willing to just scream for the next two and a half hours here. Well, I got a bucket of tomatoes over here. so those... <laughs> Just, yeah, uh, for the callers, if someone vi- every time you Venmo Brad five bucks, he'll throw a tomato at me. I went to the Renfest yesterday, and there's a guy who you pay to throw tomatoes at. Yes. Today, that's me. Why not? Except for I'm wearing more clown makeup because of what I thought was going to happen in this game. Well, I'm lo- okay. So let's start with the Chiefs' offense. The 13 points. First of all, that breaks the. Straight- don't you have to? By the way, yes, I'm sorry yes. to interrupt you four seconds into your thing, but don't you Thank have you. to start? I'm sorry. I'm trying to apologize <laughs> for my shortcomings. Don't you have to start with the offense yes. here? I feel like there's so much on Twitter. I'm going to literally push away from the microphone and actually let you talk, Brad. But I feel like so many people have been all up on this run defense, all up on the defense altogether. When they actually, sneakily enough, had some stops. Forced a turnover. Why aren't we talking about LaShawn McCoy on an excellent play giving the ball back? Right. If he hold on to that football, she's probably win that football game. Anybody? Anything? Sorry, Brad. Probably. I'm going to move my microphone away from me. <laughs> okay. Your turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so if you'd have gone into this game, we play this what-if game sometimes. Yeah. If, if, you, if you went into the game saying, we'll spot Indianapolis 19 points and that's it. You'd say, awesome. In a Chiefs, heartbeat. Chiefs win. I might so, take that through through the first half. Right. So you're you're already you're starting the game down Eric Fisher. You're starting the game down Tyreek Hill. Through the course of the game, you lose Wiley, which maybe that's a big deal. Maybe it's not, but I tell you what. Um, Ryan Hunter wasn't Ryan great. Ryan Hunter did not cover himself in glory. <laughs> no. And uh, Covered himself in some stuff, and not as much as Cam Irving did, Cam Irving honest. was a nightmare tonight. Absolute nightmare. Yep. Couldn't get that going. So you were losing guys during the course of the game, not to mention the guys on defense you lost. Travis Kelsey was dropping the ball left and right. Yep. Um, Demarcus Robinson had a drop. There were drops all over. Little Sean McCoy. Um, the one time he did not carry it like a loaf of bread. Yeah, he, he, fumbles, he I mean, carried it fine. Normally he carries it, and for those of you on Facebook, you can see it. Normally he yep. waves it around like out here. Hokey. But this time he had it tucked in and he lost it. And this is a pro- this is a problem last week against the Lions. Three fumbles in the third quarter. Fumbling again. The turnovers. Patrick Mahomes gets banged up. He was not mobile, not his typical self. Mm-hmm. He overthrew on four or five occasions that I know of, or that I remember, and I've got my log sheet. I can go through it, but this offense was not good. You put up 13 points on a team that's used to scoring 25 or more yep. for the last two seasons? Yep. Season and a half? Not good. I mean, you and we'll get, we'll get our chance to blast the defense. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But... The offense only getting 13 points. You had nine possessions. Technically 10, but nine because one was at the end of the yep, first half. Yep, so. oh, we're giving them every benefit of the doubt by saying <laughs> just merely nine. Merely nine. Merely nine. And nine? I have to go through. And listen, man, 
I because here's here's I'm I'm gonna be able to pick out a few things as far as what went wrong offensively. But to some extent, like I'm gonna have to go home, and I won't be up until what Wednesday. I'm gonna have to fire up Game Pass. And I'm gonna have to try to see what was going on downfield because the Colts came into this game without both of their starting safeties. Travis Kelsey should have been 14 for should've, 180 tonight. Should have been a field day. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm guessing they were doing a lot of doubling him, which the Lions did with great success. Double Travis Kelsey. Fair enough. But where's everyone else? And again. You can look at two games in a row now of, of teams having a way of trying to knock this offense off their spot. But man, Here's the, the the passing offense not being not being exceptional is a huge anomaly. So here a couple of turning points here, and it all started the second half. So the second half, the Chiefs are down thirteen to ten, right? Mm-hmm. You force the Colts to punt their first possession. They were getting some yards, force them to punt. Chiefs get it back, big thirty three yard pickup uh, to McCole Hardman, where he batted it and bobbled it three mm-hmm. or four times and got mm-hmm. it moving down the field. Um, you get an incomplete. You have to punt there. Okay, so the Colts get it back. Still, 13-10 to 10 Colts. Colts are charging down the field, picking up three, five, seven, nine, twelve, seven yards. Finally stop them. You're sending out the all-out blitz, right? Mm-hmm. Second possession mm-hmm. of the second half. Mm-hmm. Force them to punt again. It's mm-hmm. still 13-10. to 10. Chiefs are backed up to their own five-yard line. Dropped by Travis Kelsey. Demarcus Williams crushed at the line of scrimmage. And then Patrick Mahomes gets hit, and his throw goes way off course because he's hit as he's thrown. You're punting from the back of your own end zone. And at that point, that's where I put my big mark, the Colts tilted the field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're playing from, instead of playing from their own 20 and 25 and 30-yard line, they're playing from the Chiefs' 48-yard line. Totally flipped the field. That's, that's a huge thing. And after that play, so with the Chiefs punt there, the Colts go down the field, get another field goal. It looked like they were going to get a touchdown. They got some penalties, and uh, they went for it on fourth down three times, or two times on that drive. Uh, settled for a 31-yard field goal, 16-10. to 10. It's not out of hand at that point. No, that but was when a you win. Take, but when you take that three and out, and you give them half a field, it's a little bit of a win, but... You, I listen, man. Infuriating. It, I think I tweeted at sixteen ten, like the Chiefs are going to win this game, and some of y'all are still going to have a bad week. I thought the mm-hmm. Chiefs were going to win that game at sixteen to ten. Mm-hmm. I really did. The defensive line got manhandled. I, all of that, fair enough. But it was they had given Oops. up sixteen points yep. and said, "Hey, offense, go do the thing that you did last week." There was a terrible face mask call on Demarcus Robinson, but please God, mm-hmm. don't hear me say that's where the game got flipped around. Well, in that ninth possession, the after that. They get the they're third and twenty eight. Yep. They get the they flung across the field to Byron Pringle, who had an awesome game, by the way. Picked up twenty seven yards. He could. By the way, have you seen the screen cap of him at about yard twenty five? It'll make you sick. It'll make you sick because there he, are about three paths he could have taken to get the first and he down turned there. Into the tackler, and he just ran right into. The, he's also mm-hmm. not McCole Hartman or Tyree Kill. Correct. He's not that fast. So that sets you up at fourth and one. Damian Williams gets absolutely earholed by Justin Houston. Yep. For because because Cameron Irving Cam got bleepholed by Justin Houston. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean that really that drive there brutal running. By the way, running the ball for two yards, Damian Williams on second and thirty. I uh, I I, was, I, I mean I was about to I was about to leap off the balcony. <laughs> Nothing. I mean God, just useless. Just a useless a useless play call. And man, I love Andy Reid. I love him as a play caller. And everyone within the sound of my voice at this point should probably know that by now. I think he's probably the best offensive play caller currently working in the NFL, maybe ever. That's an argument that a sane person could make. Handing the ball off on second and 30, I don't get. 
I was pretty pissed about fourth and one with Ryan Hunter in there trying to figure that out. Mm. It looked like on relatively limited replay that I had a chance to look at again. And this is a place where someone wants to say, hey, you're wrong on this one. I'll take your word for it. It looked like that hole was there. But Justin Houston made Cameron Irving look like the duty was in Cleveland. And frankly, if you're going to criticize that play call, it probably needs to start with, hey, how could you trust Cam Irving in that spot? And listen, man, if you're a coach, you need to trust the guy playing left tackle for you, I suppose. But if Eric Fisher is in that game, that's probably a first down. And you could do this all the way around, man. I, I saw Nate Taylor tweeted out with sort of his like final score tweet. Just the list of injuries. Xavier Williams, Anthony Hitchens, Chris Jones, Sammy Watkins started the game and then never showed up again. Andrew Wiley. Mahomes obviously was a little bit gimpy. All of those things going on, though, all of that happening all at once, it's the it's the recipe that makes this game together. Eventually, Beards is going to find the audio of what, the thing I told him to mark in the pregame show, and I'm not even going to spoil it for you because you'll, you'll hear it later <laughs> okay. on. We'll work it in with the rest of our audio. But if, if you would have said... Yeah, here's what you haven't thought of yet. Um, it's going to be everybody gets hurt and yeah. then all of this other stuff happens. Okay, fine. It is still an inexcusable loss. It's miserable. It's also it's also infuriating just for a, a hundred thousand different reasons. Um, and, and Mahomes, I didn't. I've never heard this term before. Cause I, they heavily wrapped that ankle the first time he was limping, and then he came out for the second half, and they said he got his ankle spatted. I, I huh. I'm assuming that's some kind of a yeah. I think that's a thing. Of some kind. I think I that's a thing. I just think that's. I felt like that's very like uh, per, more permanent. Yeah. I feel like that's like uh, like a like a soft cast kind of thing. Like an air got cast. spackled. I was thinking spackled whenever you said that. Yeah, spatting is like I think of like I think of petty or something. Putty, not Put, petty. Yeah. Uh, petty is what I'm going to be to these callers later. Putty is what I would do for uh, spatting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what are we looking at as far as we're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes live from Arrowhead. You'll hear it here first uh, in the universe because we're going to take it live. And uh, we're going to do that every week from here on out, barring some sort of horrible technical difficulty. Uh, but so far, it, it sounds like uh, everybody out there has successfully uh, plugged all the things in and is doing their job. So I think we'll have them live. Beard's told me something, but I couldn't hear it because he's being a little uh, whispery boy. If you want to take a call or something before that, that's fine. Let's go to Gary. All right, Gary, I think you're probably going to be the first caller before reading Mahomes. Make it count. Well, guys, this team just pretty much got their tails kicked tonight. They were, they just got punched in the mouth, and like they do when a team gets physical with them, they cower into the ball, suck their thumb, wait for Mommy to come pick them up and carry them off. And this is the culture Andy's created. He doesn't like those guys on either side of the line of scrimmage that can kick some tail. God forbid we get those maulers up on the offensive line. we got to have those athletic ballerinas that can't touch anybody. Cam Irving should be cut. I wouldn't and if Wiley's done for the year, no loss. And if Anthony Hitchens is done for the year, no loss. Some of these guys need to suck it up and get their butts back in there. Sammy Watkins, does he want a player or is he just like getting paid? Somebody needs to ask him that. But guys, this team you saw tonight why this team will not win a Super Bowl with Andy. They're too soft on both sides on a line of scrimmage. And like I said, that's why they're going to lose when they go to Tennessee because Tennessee's going to punch this team in the mouth too, and they don't respond a little bit. And like I said last week, they keep putting it on number 15 shoulders to go out there and win the game. Well, somebody else needs to step up on this team. I don't care who it is. Nobody on that defense steps up. Stone Cold Chris Jones should call himself no-show Chris Jones. He got his tail kicked tonight. All those guys got their tail kicked tonight. 
somebody needs to ask Andy Weiss what, what he has against teams that play physical. Because this team is not physical at all anywhere. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, guys. Appreciate it, Gary. Also appreciate the fact that on what I imagine will be the most negative night of uh, I don't know a good three month span. It's actually pretty tame. I still felt like Gary was was a little was you know the ballerinas on the offensive line. I've stood next to Cam Irving and he wasn't good tonight by any any means uh, whatsoever. But I would I wouldn't want to either do ballet with him or be blocked by him. But also I'm not Justin Houston. And Justin Houston was having a great time. It's a fair, listen, most of that's fair. The whole, like, here's the culture Andy Reid has built thing, eh. I mean, you go, oh, you got to have these athletic, well, these athletic linemen who won't hit anybody. You saw on the LaShawn McCoy play, what happens whenever you have linemen that can do that? I'm not going to start any beef with the, with the type of offensive lineman Andy Reid has brought in because I think that that is this offense. It's linemen that can move with Mahomes or that Mahomes can move around or with himself. Whenever stuff is in motion, whenever he is dancing through the pocket, and you can you can move things to let him work on the run and all of that. Whenever you know his ankles actually work, um, you can you can see where that offensive line strategy has served this offense over the course of this last year and a half or so. So that I don't really have much beef with. The other thing is like. I think that everyone in Seattle would say Frank Clark was a mauler, right? That's that's a, a, an addition made to solve that problem, a little bit of nasty, and he hasn't been that clearly. Like he's been he's been problematic this year as a, as an edge rusher, and he missed that tackle in the backfield. So I'm not saying that Frank Clark has actually solved that problem, but I think he was probably an attempt to help solve that problem. Chris Jones was having a pretty nice game until he got hurt. It wasn't incredible, but I saw him do some disruptive things with very, which very other, uh, very other, very few other people actually got during uh, any pass rush attempt. So, uh, again, I'm I'm picking and choosing stuff there because I think some of that's fair. I think some of it's a little bit unfair, but that's sort of the nature of this. Uh, it's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. I'm Joshua Briscoe. This is Brad Porter. Brad, uh, you said Gary felt you felt like maybe Gary's a little bit tame. Normally, he's. Even after a win, he's got you know some arrows to sling. That's fair. I thought that was pretty, pretty generally fair stuff there. I would say this: when he's talking about Maulers on the line. You look at the Colts blocking schemes. Now look, they got two All Pro guys mm-hmm. on there: Quentin um, Nelson, Quentin Nelson, mm-hmm. and Braden Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you look at the pressure the Chiefs were trying to bring with Frank Clark, especially from the left side, and trying to bring stuff on the right side, they they first of all they space out way wide. They're one, they're one of the widest spacing teams in the NFL. I'm going to make you hold on to that, Brad, because oh. Andy Reid is up live at Arrowhead. Let's go hear him right now. There's a hamstring strain, and then um, Anthony Hitchens went out with a groin strain, Xavier Williams' ankle, Chris Jones' groin, uh, Andrew Wiley' ankle, Pringle uh, went into the concussion protocol but came out okay. So, um, listen, with that, we uh, we got beaten about every phase that you could get beat in this evening. So, um, that's my responsibility to take care of business. Uh, with that, the 11 penalties uh, against a good football team are going to hurt you. Turnovers are going to hurt you. Um, you know, you got to get the I got to get the bigs playing better on both both sides uh, on the offensive defensive line. It starts there. Uh, when you win, it starts there. When you when you lose, it it starts there too. So. Um, it's early in the season. We gotta go back and learn from this, and uh, and get ourselves a little bit healthy with some of these these injuries and get get rolling. 
then the guys that have an opportunity to step up and play, they step up and play and, and uh, go win games for us. So with that, time's yours. Coach, you said, obviously, earlier in the season, last four games you all have had a hard time yeah, so we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, um, drove right down the field, penalty, set you back, had a turnover and a big, big gain. You know, so penalties are really what, what hurt us today. So, I mean, it, you get things going and then all of a sudden you're, you're going backwards in this league. It's tough against a good football team. They were hungry for a win and they came in and, and uh, got after us. So. Yeah, so um, listen, I'll take responsibility for that, just helping them out uh, with different different looks. But uh, again, you've got to, you know, we've got to do a better job. I mean, it's not a lot of secrets when when you're doing it, but um, we got beat in some some cases, you know, some instances, and we just have to have to do a better job with it. You know. Andy, with, with Sammy, um, did he just go a play or two and then recognize right away that he couldn't go? I think so. I haven't had a chance to talk to him. So um, they took him out right away and took him back to the locker room. So I will uh, have a chance to talk to him. So. You guys got away from the run game kind of early. Did you just feel like that one was going to work for you? Well, they were banged up a little bit in the secondary, so I thought we could take advantage of that. Um, so, you know, we, we weren't able to do that on a consistent basis with a with, – for the penalties and turnovers and things, so but that, that was uh, where we could, you know, make uh, make the best progress scoring. Coach, talk about if you look at fourth down play uh, that uh, uh, Justin Houston came. Yeah, right at the end there. Yeah, so um, we thought we needed to, uh, you know, go for it right there first of all, and and then uh, the backside. Justin made a nice play. He came off the backside and made the play. We can do a better job blocking that and uh, working back out to it. So, But uh, you give him credit. He made a nice play. Patrick seemed like he was missing a little bit. Did that kind of stop his mobility? Yeah, he got his ankle. He was, he was falling on a couple times and you know tweaked it just a little bit. I, I think he's going to be okay. I mean, he was pretty good at the end there. But... Um, yeah, we'll see. See how that how that goes. Anything else? It's Andy Reid live at Arrowhead. Andy Reid's press conference is uh, brought to you by 360 Vodka. Grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for your next tailgate, watch party, or quiet night alone. That's not in the copy. That's just sort of where my head went. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. 360 Vodka. I'm going to say please drink responsibly just because I feel that tonight. Also brought to you by the Casey Grilling Company. Casey Grilling Company located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin. Your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out Casey Grilling Company or go to caseygrilling.com. Maybe make yourself feel better with some uh, great grilled meats. Maybe even some vegetables. Grill something. Maybe your sadness. That's also not one of their taglines. But if they want it, they can have it. Sometimes people throw, like, whiskey on their steaks, things like that. That sounds... Can you throw vodka? 360 vodka, can you do that? Sure. Right now, I absolutely can. I have some 360 vodka at home. There you go. I'm going to have less in about three hours. (laughs) Uh, A couple things from Andy Reid there that uh, I think are interesting. Listen, the whole, like, I got to take responsibility for literally everything bit is, like, 
really tired to me. He did that Every all the time. He, yeah, and like Gary what Pinkle, else? Gary Pinkle when he was at Missouri always did that. Yeah, and yeah. what else is he gonna say? Right? Yeah. I mean, well, my, fine. My he he does it in a roundabout sort of way where he says <laughs> he he says. First of all, he said, it's my responsibility. Uh-huh. He said, our bigs were not good on either side of the ball. Yep. But but that's my responsibility. So he can kind of, yeah. he does the compliment sandwich or the critical sandwich. Houston made a great play there where you yeah. got to figure out how to block him. Cam! He didn't quite <laughs> say that. Bullhorn. But... Cam Irving. <laughs> right. Um, so, again, that bit is kind of tired for me, but it's not really Andy Reid's fault. That's what coaches say. But, yeah, as you said, he, he mentioned talking about the, getting the bigs playing better on both sides, which is true. And I think I, I thought him saying that was – a little bit honest, brought up the penalties and the turnovers a couple of times. Whenever he was asked about why they didn't run the ball more, he said they were banged up in the secondary, and I thought they could take advantage of that. And nail on the head. Yeah. Of course, that's exactly what the what the, the 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 state of that defense was. I don't know why it didn't work, but I think his logic there is 100% sound. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at the final drop numbers when they when they tally up all the stats because they always correct the stats and then reissue them uh, on Monday. So, but there were plenty of drops in this game. Uh, Travis Kelsey responsible for uh, two, three, four. I mean, it was not. It was a couple early for sure. Yeah. But Andy Reid, I think he was agreeing with uh, Gary there about the the bigs up front. Just got physically abused and beaten by this Colts uh, offensive line and defensive line. Um, Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I don't know how you work around that. Um, I, I don't know where... I don't know where like the the solution to that is because I I you know we I'm watching on TV just like everybody else. You're not watching in the same spot. I can't I can't see what's what's happening downfield whenever the shot is zoomed in on That's Mahomes the one thing and I the lines. Like. Yep. Yeah, and it kills me. I would love to be able to to get an alternate view on that. So I don't I don't know why there wasn't more happening downfield. I will say one of the things that seems pretty clear is that Mahomes had a couple of great plays on the run, but whenever he was left in the pocket, it was a closing down pocket yep. for the most part. And that's deeply deeply frustrating because yep. that doesn't have to be the case. He was stepping up a lot. Yeah. And you talk about the bigs uh, having having a bad night on both sides. Jacoby Brissett just set up camp. Do yep. do whatever you want. Like, yep. And what I was trying to point out before Andy Reid came on is you look at the way the Colts block. First of all, their spacing is enormous. Mm-hmm. They get you stretched out. Mm-hmm. And by the time, I was watching Frank Clark in particular, by the time he starts to make his turn, he's already been pushed three yards behind where Brissett is. Yeah. And that was that way yeah, all those, night long. Yep. And you heard uh, Chris Collinsworth mention this uh, during the game, that they should just do this the whole night because the Chiefs were not going to get to him. Just let him stand back there and fire away. Now, they didn't do that. They ran the ball 40-whatever times it was. 45 times. 45 times. So they didn't do that. I don't understand why because I think Joby, uh, Jacoby Brissett throws the ball pretty well. thought they could have taken more advantage of it. I mean, T.Y. Hilton only had you know a couple of targets, a couple three or four targets, uh, but they decided they want to run the ball. And they had the physical advantage. They have all pros out there. I also, with with all of that, with all the time for Brissett and everything, right? He threw the ball for 151 yards. They averaged five yards per attempt through the year. They averaged four on the ground. This is the thing where, like, listen, there are plenty of short first down conversions and everything where the Colts were pretty good in all those spots. But you have a passing offense averaging five yards per throw and four yards per carry. Pretty pedestrian. It's really, really pedestrian. So if if the problem downfield for Mahomes that he ended up missing open receivers because he was too busy running away from free rushers, 
I guess that's the story. But like, I it's it is so gut wrenchingly simple. It wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't feel this way after the Rams game last year or either Patriots game last year. This isn't that story. This is an offense that didn't do much that's all that interesting, and that really bums me out. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs didn't do all that that much all that interesting either. Where if Andy Andy Reid said after the game, we thought we could take advantage of a banged up secondary, and they didn't. Yep. They yep. Had, they had drop balls and they were they were and Mahomes was overthrowing passes because he was falling backwards with pressure. Let's go to the phones over here from Patrick Mahomes. Let's go to Leland's. What's up, Leland? Hey, how you guys doing? Been better, a, but you know, doing our best. Now there can't uh, there can't be a bigger Chiefs fan than myself. I go back to the Christmas Day game, nineteen seventy one, the old stadium municipal. But I'm a realistic person, and hope you guys are too. And if you have to look at this team realistically, this. Everyone's been talking from training camp, a Super Bowl bust. This is not a Super Bowl team. It is not. There's no way. And, and, and people keep telling me how much of a genius Andy Reid is. Well, Frank Wright outcoached Andy Reid tonight. He was a much better coach. And that uh, fourth and one handoff to Damian Williams, that's a, a genius. There's only one football genius in the NFL, and that's Bill Belichick. One and only. So please stop calling Andy Reid some kind of uh, football genius. He is not. There's only one. And uh, if you guys think, I want to know, where do you guys think about this team? As, is this, this is not a Super Bowl team. It's, it's not physically tough enough. New England would come, we, they would come in here and beat us, or if we went there, they would beat us. There's, there's nothing, you know, uh, that the Chiefs can do that would make me think that this is a Super Bowl winning team. Just get your thoughts. Appreciate the call, Leland. Uh, someone else can hop in the line now, 913-310-810. Yeah, I would say that the first place I would look to try to maybe um, evolve your perspective of what a Super Bowl team looks like would be last year's Patriots that consistently went on the road and lost to inferior teams. And uh, we can we can evaluate all of that in its own little bite-sized pieces. I would ask you what a Super Bowl team does look like right now. Is it the Eagles who have had some really bad moments? Is it the Patriots who this year have beaten the Steelers, Dolphins, Jets, Bills, and Washington? If that is your Super Bowl team at the moment, I have to shrug. And we'll go to Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about that more whenever we come back. But here's uh, Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. I mean, obviously it's going to be a little sore tomorrow, but... uh... Uh, for me, just kind of going into treatment and uh, getting it getting it better, so I can be prepared for next week. Uh, you uh, were limping pretty good at one point when you first got it stepped on. You guys came off the field. Uh, were you close at all to coming out of the game? Uh, no, not no. I mean, I was going to battle through it regardless. I mean, we were in a hard a hard fight, fighting game, hard fought game, and so for us, uh, it wasn't going our way. But I, I feel like we still had a chance, so I was going to find a way to, to to get through the rest of the game. What made things so difficult? Yeah, I mean they just they they played good defense. I mean they played man coverage. They they rushed with four people and and they and they found ways to get pressure and and to cover long enough. And so, for us, I mean Detroit did it last week. Uh, New England did it in the playoffs. I mean we're gonna have, we're gonna have to beat man coverage at the end of the day, and we got the guys to do it. So now it's about just going out there and executing whenever the, whenever teams pre- present it to us. Seems like things are working. Yeah, I mean, he he stepped up. I mean, uh, kind of just falling in line uh, whenever whenever Sammy wasn't able to be out there, and so he came in and, and whenever he got his chances, he made some plays. And so, 
I mean, that, that's what we have to do on this team is no matter who's out there. Uh, we, I mean, obviously we need to get healthier, but no matter who's, who's out there, we got to find ways to make plays and to, to win football games. I feel like just as an offense as a whole, we we weren't productive. If it was passing, running, uh, protecting, I feel like there was times when there was guys open in the man coverage, and I was missing them. Uh, you can't whenever you're in a close fought game, you can't miss a touchdown to D. Rob. You can't miss uh, Travis on, when you're backed up and you're trying to get out of your end zone. And uh, I mean, there's just opportunities that we're missing that game that we we have to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, we just we're, we're we're biting ourselves. I mean, we're really really killing ourselves as far as penalties, uh, getting stripped, missing opportunities when they're there. Uh, and so, in this league, no matter how good your offense is, you got to be efficient. You got to go out there and and do things the right way. You can't just rely strictly on talent uh, to score in this league. I mean, uh, defenses are coming and they're giving us good looks. And so for us, we can't we can't get penalties. We can't we can't fumble the ball. And whenever I get the opportunity to hit someone on a throw, I got to hit it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to move on. I mean, uh, pretty quickly here. I mean, we're still early in the season, so I mean, this loss hurts a lot. But uh, at the same time, we know we still have a long ways to go, and so it's something that we'll be, we'll be able to learn from. Uh, and, and as we see the trend, I mean, teams are going to play us in man coverage, and uh, we're going to have to find ways to beat it. And if, if we don't, we're going to keep getting it. So uh, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board, find find ways that we're going to beat men. And when you get the challenge, you have to make sure that that they win, and then I have to make sure I hit them whenever they do win. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we had a good play call, and we, we had the opportunity to, to get it, and we just didn't execute, and that's how the game was the whole time. Uh, if it wasn't me missing the throw, or the guys maybe not hit, running the route the, the, the right way, or if it wasn't protection wasn't good, I feel like there was opportunities in the game where we had some shots, and we just didn't execute on those. And like I said, I mean, in this league, I mean, the margin of error is, is tiny, and so if you're not going to be executing at a high level, you're going to lose football games. And so we're going to have to make sure we go go in this next week and prepare because we have a good football team coming here next week. Patrick, how similar? I mean, you referenced the man coverage, but how similar was it to what Detroit played? I mean, I know they played a lot of man, but was there other wrinkles that you saw tonight, or was it just very, very similar to what you saw? Like yeah, I mean, I feel like with. Uh, teams uh, of late, it's been just a lot of different types of men. Uh, if as far as with the safety being the kind of that whole player, or the linebacker, or and then and kind of putting pressure and doing stunts with the, the line and trying to find ways to get pressure at the, on the on me at the quarterback. And so we're going to find ways to to do better as far as protecting that. We have to find ways to beat man coverage and, and quicken up our routes. And then, like I said, there were several opportunities where I, I was able, I could have hit guys and I didn't hit them. So whenever I do get those opportunities, I have to. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player, and he was a great player for this franchise for a long time. Uh, I, I have a great relationship with him. He's he, he helped me become a leader on this team at a young age and let me kind of step up and be vocal on this team. So he's all, an, an awesome player, and he's in Indianapolis now, and, I mean, he had a great game tonight. Kevin, what was the conversation with him on the sidelines after the game? Yeah, I mean, just, just – just talking football and just talking about the game. I mean, obviously we, we didn't we didn't have it uh, the way we wanted it to, but uh, it's still it's still going out there and competing. And you'd love to do that type of stuff. And so it was good to see him and be able to talk to him a little bit. I know you. Last uh, question. I, I know last year you wore your father's jersey for the Sunday night game. Did 
Yeah, I mean, first, it, it was it was pretty cool because my dad had always told me about Satchel Page and Latroy, my godfather, and how much they, they kind of looked up to him and did the different stuff that he did on the mound as far as the the theatrics and stuff like that, but obviously was a, a great pitcher. And then, I mean, he changed the, the way sports is today, and so it obviously is a big part of the Kansas City community, uh, but also a part of just sports in general and, and having me in this position I am today. Patrick Mahomes live from Arrowhead. That press conference is presented by Good Sense. Good Sense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They know to be truly good at something takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as part of their of their team. Patrick Mahomes brought to you by Good Sense. A few things there. Something that was really helpful that I, I, I thought was, was largely the case, but hearing Mahomes break it down there in real time, super helpful. Um that they were playing man pretty much all night, which is what the Lions did pretty much all night, and it's what the Patriots did pretty much all night in the AFC Championship game. And, and Mahomes brought up all three of those of those games, man coverage, man coverage, man. He mentioned it like three times in there, and towards the beginning, he mentioned man coverage, rushing four, and the pressure got there. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the truth of the offensive line. Like, and we mentioned that briefly earlier. The pass rush wasn't, or the pass uh, blocking wasn't good enough for the Chiefs tonight. That pass rush did get home way too often, and there was there, listen, there were a couple misses from Mahomes, a couple of drops from Kelsey, the turnover from Lashawn McCoy. There are plenty of places to to move that blame around, but but the fact that this offense has had trouble with the with the man coverage over the course of these last couple of weeks, other teams are going to take notice of. Now, listen, is that a blueprint? Is man coverage and getting there with four a blueprint? Yeah, it's a blueprint to beat anybody ever. And I will say that Tyreek Hill coming back theoretically next week will be a tremendous advantage because it's way— Listen, man, Byron Pringle had some moments. If you think that covering Byron Pringle man-to-man is the same thing as covering Tyreek Hill— you're dead wrong, and the and the Chiefs would agree that you would be dead wrong in that because they paid Tyreek Hill. So, obviously, those things come together. They paid Sammy Watkins. Demarcus Robinson and uh, and Nicole Hardman, we'll see, but but Robinson and Byron Pringle and, and those dudes, Blake Bell and Dion Yelder, they can find a spot in the zone. They can end up wide open in the middle of the field, schemed open by Andy Reid whenever they're going up against his own defense, and you can get 8, 9, 10 yards, 12 yards at a time. Whenever you are trying to beat man coverage— Sometimes that takes really talented receivers, and the Chiefs were without their their top two tonight, or at least two of their three if you want to count Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, it seemed like, was getting a lot of man coverage with some extra help from a safety. So I think that helps us begin to understand where the offense went wrong there today. Um, But we will uh, continue trying to understand that over the course of the rest of the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. You can play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers ticket from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. I'm Josh Briscoe. It's Brad Porter. More Chiefs postgame whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. They're going to fake the end around. They're going to run a screen right. It goes to Shady McCoy with blockers. 40-yard line, 35. McCoy reads it. He's inside the 25. And Shady McCoy. And the ball comes out at the end of the play. The Colts think they've got it. The Colts think they have it. He was down inside the 25 and a late fumble. And Indianapolis has the football. 
The Colts threw a pick on their drive, and now McCoy, it would have been a long gain on the screen of roughly 21 yards. Make it 25 and fumbled at the end by Shady McCoy, knocked out by the safety George Odom. I'm going to apologize in advance to all the sponsors who have plays and players and touchdowns of the game because sometimes they're going to be other people's plays of the game. And I'm making that the play of the game sponsored by the Central Bank of the Midwest. Take a new look at what's possible with Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net. My apologies to Central Bank, but that play was enormous because that felt like the Chiefs offense getting back on the horse, no pun intended, and uh, instead the Colts absolutely turning it around with a, a punch out and an enormous, enormous turnover. So I think that play was really impactful. Yes, and that was one of the things Patrick Mahomes hit on during his press conference. He mentioned everything. You know, we got a we had a block better. We had four-man rush. They had zone defense. He goes, I missed some throws, especially um, when they got the ball, uh, when the Chiefs had the ball inside their own five-yard line. He said he missed Kelsey. We also had drops. We had guys who didn't run the right routes. And then he said, you know what? We've been getting stripped. Mm-hmm. That's four fumbles in the last two games. Four. Yeah. You cannot do that in the National Football League. Nope. I'm sorry. You got away with it last week. Okay? Got away with it three times last week because the Lions kept giving it back. Right. But you can't do it again. In this game, nope. Four uh, and two weeks. Let's uh, let's take some calls. A few people have been on hold here since basically the top of the show. Let's go to Butch. What's up, Butch? Hey, gentlemen. Um, yeah, yeah. tough night tonight. Yeah, hearing all your voices is tough for me as well as I'm out here in Seattle. Uh, I had a chance to watch the game. Um, I'll try to hit on a couple points that I probably didn't hear you speak on earlier. Uh, a few things, and then I'll get off the line. The, the first thing I want to mention is, you know, I, I love Patrick Mahomes to death. He gutted it out on that ankle. And you know, I heard Bruce Arians speak on, on Patrick Mahomes. This is Bruce Arians and the, and the Cardinals. You know, they almost drafted him. They would have drafted him at 13 had he been there. Mm. And they said that Patrick Mahomes, he had, when he was at Texas Tech, they know he threw for his life. He scrambled everywhere. He threw for his life, threw for his chance to get his team to win, and he never gave up. And I give him credit. He tried to go on that ankle. There was one play in particular when we were back up in our red zone where there was probably nothing open down the field. Patrick Mahomes saw the rush. He knew he couldn't run, and he kind of gave up. I'm not going to front. I hate to say it like that. I know he's a tough kid. He's a competitor. There was one chance, one time there, when he he saw what they were doing, he said to himself, I'm going to give up. And he took a sack there at the two-yard line. That was tough for me to watch. So, um, and then the, se- the second thing I'll mention, I'll let you guys discuss this as well. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, these types of losses, they're going to be good for us long-term. Uh, I really do believe that. This is sobering. And I, I think the stamp on this game, which I, what I'll say, and I'll let you discuss this, uh, we got to wake up around here uh, as Chiefs fans. Okay, this is the NFL. Teams don't blow out teams in the NFL on a weekly basis. You just saw that. You get whipped up front offense and defense, or across offense and defensive lines, and you lose. That's a sobering experience. That's what the NFL is about right there, what we just found out on prime time. So, uh, hey, I still love my Chiefs. I think they'll bounce back. I'll leave it to you, gentlemen. Have a good night. Appreciate it, Butch. It's a good call. The, the one, like, I'm, I'm cherry-picking the stuff that I don't necessarily agree with whenever people come in with good calls, so don't. You know, don't necessarily have to take all these to heart. I, I think if we're thinking about the same sack, it was the one where he ideally like would have bailed out backwards, you know, and, and, and tried to escape to his left. That pressure came straight up the gut. So and if we're, as long as we're thinking about the same thing here, LDT got beat. Whenever your guard gets beat, 
in a second and a half, maybe got, less. He got beat on the inside, Yes, too. yes. It's just that's a really tough spot. I don't think Mahomes gave up in that point. I think there, he, he what he tried to do was try to backpedal a little bit, and, and if he could have gotten a little more resistance from LDT there, a, a little hop backwards might have actually kept that play alive. He just got consumed, and I do think that angle was a problem. Where, where like pivoting and getting out and going left would have been would have been really really tough. But that's the only thing in that call that I you know have a problem yeah. with. I think. Yeah, on that play when when LDT got beat, that was on the inside, and it was virtually untouched because he got turned on the play. Yep, LDT got turned on the play, and as soon as he turned uh, his left shoulder inside, that was it. That was like opening up the door. Let's go to Tom. Tom in the Chiefs post game show. Yeah, I was just going to say about the man-to-man coverage tonight that the Colts were playing. I thought they would have probably bought, brought in the uh, maybe that Dion Yelder and uh, maybe Bell and let them uh, play that man, uh, man-on-man defense against the tight ends. And that way you would show up the middle. You may not hit the big, uh, big downfield passes, but you would open up the middle. And with those tight ends as big as they are, those defensive backs couldn't have covered them that well. Yeah. And also, on that fourth and one, when they gave the ball at the middle of the, the Damian Williams run, he got caught in the backfield. I thought tonight we would see a lot more of that Daryl Williams because mm-hmm. he's been playing really well out of the backfield. He does a lot of swing passes out of the, you know, on the back and out of the flats. And he didn't hardly play or touch the ball at all tonight. Tom, I, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in because I actually think that's a really good point about mm-hmm. the tight end, too, that I had not considered yet. Um, Darrell Williams, they clearly see as their third guy. And, and if you're going to throw the ball, I have no problem with throwing it to Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy. So that, you know, I can give or take. But I think it's a really interesting point about the tight end setup. I mean, it's two weeks in a row now where, where you've, seen, you've seen opposing defenses pay a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey. A way you can try to bust out of that is to try to have another matchup problem, another big tight end in there. And it's another spot where this uh, this Chiefs offense hasn't had another guy like that to go to. I would say as close as I could get to Tom's point there would be Sammy Watkins can be that guy in the middle being a, being a mismatch, being really physical and everything, but he was out there for like 10 seconds. And um, In fact, I'm not even sure if he actually recorded a literal snap. I, th- I think he must have gotten a couple, um, but I, I he sh- certainly didn't show up in them. So I, I think that point for me at least is, is well heard. Yes, and I and I had taken a note about that. Did not remember seeing Dion Yelder and Blake Bell, but I don't honestly look for them all Bell, the time. Bell was out there Bell was pretty out there early. Like at first, I was like, oh, 81. But you saw last week against the Lions, the very first drive for the Chiefs, yep. they went to Dion Yelder twice. twice. Now, they didn't go back to him after that, nope. but he played a little bit. And in this game, even with Kelsey dropping the ball, there were no throws to Yelder or Bell. Sherman also gets used in that role a little bit at sometimes, yeah. and he nearly gave up a pick that yep. would have. I mean, like that's a tough spot. He had but two bad touches in this game. He did, and he's he's been on a relatively rough stretch. They tried to go to him against Detroit also, and yep. he just was covered. Uh, let's go to Mark. What's up, Mark? Hey guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a laundry list of things we could go through here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to focus on a couple things. Maybe one of them that maybe nobody cares about, but. Um, I, I, I'm the, I'm going to second guess the fourth down call just because I know hindsight's twenty twenty. But sure. uh, going for it on fourth down there, you got to know that if you don't get that fourth uh, first down, you're going to go down to two scores. I mean, they they were pretty much within physical range there. So you're basically saying 
if I don't get this, the game's over. He had he had three. He still had three timeouts and the two minute warning at point. I know your defense uh, hadn't stopped the run at all, you know, at all the whole game. But in a, you know, on the on the flip side, he ran it on fourth and one, and as you guys have already said tonight, the offensive line wasn't moving anybody. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna go gonna go for it on fourth down, there, I don't know how you don't put the ball on Patrick Mahomes' hands again. Your MVP, and I know that. Fine, he can't do it all, but uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna boil the game down to that one play, you got to put it in your playmaker's hands. And then, secondly, uh, please stop putting the Anthony Thomas uh, catching punts. I mean, on, on on any special teams, he continually he puts us in really bad poor uh, field position situations. He should mm-hmm. granted that. The Colts were there. They could have um, still downed it within the at the five yard line, but it's a guarantee we're going to start at the five five yard line if we're catching it there. So, you know, and again, it wasn't the reason why we lost the game, but it's a, it's very it's a consistent thing that happens. Um, and so, and I'll end my call on this, and hopefully this is a perfect call, and you don't have anything to, <laughs> to uh, criticize me on here. But uh, he's softening you up, Josh. Call. Yeah. Dismount, dismount. Here's <laughs> <laughs> my dismount. Um, as this is a team that I, I was, not, I just didn't expect an outcome like this from this team. There's way yeah. too much talent on this team for this kind of game. I mean, I've been a Chiefs fan a long time. We've had teams with talent levels where these games are possible, um, but I, and it's just. It throws in again and all the feelings and concerns that I've had you know, all the years past, which is we can have we can go fourteen and two you know for the season, get home field advantage, play a game at home at Arrowhead, and this is possible. And to be honest, I'm going to enjoy this season, but if I'm tired of this, this is frustrating as a fan. Anyway. Mark, Thanks, thank guys. you. That is a perfect call. No, it's not. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, it's a pretty good call, though. Uh, listen, the D'Anthony Thomas thing, I got nothing. I actually asked Dave Tobe about that last week a little bit, about, like, hey, you guys are fielding punts pretty far back or, like, in the end zone and then bringing them out. What's the rule of thumb there? And, and he actually, he you know, he said it's a play-by-play basis and a situational thing and all that. D'Anthony Thomas could not be making Dave Tobe very happy. I, I don't know what else to do with that. The idea that this is a game that you didn't think this team was necessarily capable of, 1,000% agree. Uh, Really, like, yeah, that's the thing that gets you a little shook tonight. The thing that happened against the Lions was that it was another, it was was maybe reinforcing that these kind of games don't happen to the Chiefs, you know? That this, this isn't supposed to happen whenever you have this much talent. I would say in, in slight retort that it doesn't have, it didn't have all that talent tonight. Because didn't have Chris Jones at the end. They didn't have two-fifths of its offensive line. It didn't have Alex Okafor. It didn't have Tyreek Hill. So it's it's less talented than we've see it, seen it be throughout the rest of the season. But I think that fear is reasonable. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, DeAnthony Thomas, real quick, what makes me nervous is he refuses to fair catch a ball. 
And there are well, he fair caught one on the five yard line. Yes, he did. But there, yeah, there were thank, other times where I'm glad he did that. He caught the ball and was drilled immediately. Now, thank goodness he held on to it, mm-hmm. but he should just fair catch it. Yeah, that's where it makes me nervous. Now, you, if you want to debate the fourth and one call, that was the other thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine because they they were on the they were on their own the Chiefs on their own 34 yard line, mm-hmm. and after that play, there was 5:02 left in the game. So Dustin Colquitt, I don't think had the best night punting the football. No. Um. So. You could debate whether or not they could they could punt it away and make a run and and, and get a stop somewhere because they still had two timeouts at that point. So if they thought they could make a stop on the other side of the field, maybe or or close to midfield, maybe. Yeah. But the way the way the Colts were moving the ball, I just I thought they would chew up that entire five minutes. I didn't even consider it at yeah. the time. Like it went, the thought went like, oh, maybe just punt it here. No, yeah. no, that's a. I mean, that's that would it would have felt like. But a you waste. can take the other side of the bait. That's fine. But I would have gone up fourth and one. I will agree with uh, the caller on here uh, on the point of being Patrick Mahomes because my thought on that play was kind of like when you catch the other team in a blitz and you throw it over the top, you catch the team, uh, catch the Colts piling into the middle, and you go up over the top to, to either your tight end or somebody who's split out. That, that yeah. was my thought. Yeah. Uh, let's take another call here before we take a quick break from the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Let's go to Adam. What's up, Adam? What are you doing? Uh, holding on for dear life. Uh, so am I. <laughs> What's on your mind? Um, I'm not blaming the uh, defense completely, but I'm also not sure that they're not beefy enough on the, you know, the line. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, when Marty had the defense, he had the beef. So, so he had Phillips, Dan Samuel, and Derek Thomas, and Neil Smith. Where are those members? I mean, I would say across this line, thank you for the call, and I appreciate it. I, Frank Clark's been very good against the run this year. He wasn't very good in the backfield whenever he was one-on-one and needed to make a play on that one towards the end. He had a, a nice one-on-one tackle earlier than that. But um, Frank Clark's been pretty good against the run. Alex Okafor is pretty good against the run, but he didn't play tonight. Chris Jones is very good against the run. Derek Nottie is pretty good against the run. And all those guys, I can say that individually and also the unit isn't very good, and so like I'm plenty confused about that also. Oh, Anthony Hitchens also got hurt um, and hadn't been playing well at all before that anyway but like if Darren Lee gets that tackle on that 30 yard run play early on and if Anthony Hitchens doesn't get juked out of his jock on that Jacoby Brissett rushing touchdown this game looks very different Bashad Breland missed an easy tackle he sure did he had an awful night if those three plays are simply made by guys in relatively good positions and Darren Lee maybe I'm picking on too much also it seemed like Tyron Matthew had an angle there on that one but I haven't had enough of a chance to look at it to say that definitively enough um, based off the angle that I saw but like that 30 yard play you can set up there, the Anthony Hitchens thing with Brissett, that rushing touchdown. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Horrific. It was awful. Um, so I don't, I, I know that the run defense isn't good, but I also have such a hard time getting worked up about it whenever the offense puts up 13 points. It's just, I, it, it can all play together and it can all be fair and reasonable criticism, but it's also all a mess. Phone board is full. We'll, we'll take some more calls throughout the, the rest of the show. Just hold tight. Um, we also have a bunch of audio to get to from uh, the locker room. I, I'm Beards is just nodding vigorously. Is there a lot, Beards? We've got a lot. 
you want to give us a teaser of who we could be seeing from t- here we're hearing from tonight? Um, we've got Bashad Breland. You mentioned him. Oh boy, dead. Uh, we have got. Let's see, Frank Clark. He usually talks. He's usually a pretty good talker. Uh, good we've got some from the Colts locker room as well. So if you want to hear Justin Houston, I would or like T. to hear Hilton Justin Houston or I would, Frank Reich. I would very them. much like to hear from Justin Houston. Tyron Matthews there. <laughs> Frank Reich. Would what be. happened to you, beards? That bad pizza. Fall allergies. I was gonna say it's come back. Uh, Beard says this thing during the fall where seriously he'll be mid-sentence and then just start coughing, and it's honestly... Um, he came back yesterday. It's both uh, I disgusting... Took, I got some next. It's, it's both disgusting and really gets in the way of his ability to perform his profession. Yes. It's jarring, too. It is. Out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like he blew a tire. <laughs> it's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. You can play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers game and play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. I'm Joshua Briscoe. It's Brad Porter. Beards McFly is going to try to make it to the next segment. More Chiefs audio out of the locker room. More calls. More breakdown as the Chiefs lose their first game of the year at home in prime time to the Colts, 19-13. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Third and 18 specifically at the Colt 27, 7-3 Indianapolis. Just underway second quarter, four-man rush. Mahomes in trouble again, spinning right, left, now turning back to the right. He'll sprint and fires it late for the end zone. Caught a yard deep in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. For Byron Pringle, his first National Football League touchdown. And for Patrick Mahomes, just welcome again to the Magic Show. A 27-yard touchdown pass off a double scramble. We're going to make that our only real nominee for the Tullamore Dew Tully touchdown of the game. We raise a toast to Patrick Mahomes for scoring his 11th touchdown of the season. Byron Pringle, his first of his NFL career. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments. In fandom, please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. Or don't. Well. <laughs> or, or don't. I'm not a cop. The Chiefs' margin of victory, by the way, was almost, in that loss, was uh, almost the same margin Um that Sporting KC lost by tonight. Oh God! I didn't. I, 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 I didn't. walked into the studio <laughs> and oh, full time six nothing. My God! I, I totally forgot because I was doing my chief stuff. It was literally and, the same margin. You're right. Dave, yeah, wow. Dave Borchert was in here and I said, "Hey, I heard it was two nothing early. What happened?" And he goes, "Oh no, much worse." Yeah, six Sporting nothing. lost by a touchdown and a mixed extra point. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, good day for sports in Kansas City. <laughs> what are the Royals in the playoffs today? I missed it. Nope. Not there. Nope. Behar Matheny yet? Let's just really sink into the Participation mud. trophy. That's good. They lost that too, I bet. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. I am Joshua Briscoe, Brad Porter on the other side of the console, Beards McFlynn on the other side of the glass. We can take your calls, but we need to get some audio. Honestly, is it weird if we start with Justin Houston? I'm way. I'm by I'm, far I'm the down. most interested in in what he had to say today. Uh, it looked like he said on the t- on uh, his TV interview that he wasn't happy with how things ended in Kansas City, right. um, which makes sense. They cut him. Right. They cut him. Uh, he had an okay season. He was pretty good. He had injury issues Making for the last of couple money. of years. Made a ton of money. Was a pretty obvious like cap casualty. Uh, but he like was still a good football player, and now he's out there uh, wearing ninety nine for the for the Colts. Yeah, that was and odd. That was jarring. odd. 
Um, and he was one of the he, he had he had one of the four sacks of Patrick Mahomes tonight. Mahomes was was moved around that pocket way more than four times, but taken down four times, and then he has the huge play uh, stuffing the run in the backfield on fourth and one. And, and again, one of the callers mentioned earlier, like questioning that play call and everything. It seemed like the gap was there. Cam Irving just didn't do his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I listen, as a coach, you have to you, you 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 can't force a play where you don't trust one of the guys to do their job, but also Cam Irving's a professional. Yep. So it's a, that one's a tough one for me to walk that line on. The run call on uh, second and 30, I don't have any second guessing about. What were you doing? What was the point? It wasn't like you were worried about Mahomes' ankle because on third and 30, you threw it. And, nobody and it had, worked. Nobody asked Andy Reid about that either. No. Nobody did. Maybe I will. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I will Things on circle back Wednesday. on Mondays when people have a chance to look at the video or yeah. go through their notes. It'll, it'll circle back on Monday. Yeah. Uh, I guess it'll be, it will be in person because they're at home, so maybe yep. people go out and have a chance to ask those questions. And you can certainly hear it here on Sports Radio 810 tomorrow. Uh, let's hear from Justin Houston. I'm, I'm curious what he had to say following his game against the Chiefs tonight. You guys able to keep them in check? Them, them 13 points. I think we, we played great as a whole, like as a defense, uh, from the front to the back end. So when you play great and everybody's clicking and everybody's on the same page, there's a lot you can do, and I, uh, I think we did that. What, take me through that fourth down play. I mean, you darted up the edge. I mean, did you just sense it was coming up the middle? I, I, mean, I knew that the front of formation from the state we watched him. I knew they were running power, but I didn't think they were going to leave me free. So I took it, and it, he blocked down. I came right up to tackle hip. By the time he turned back around, I was a man to running back. So I was in a good position to make a play. You, you guys talked about, you know, not, not playing well last week against Oakland. What was the biggest difference this week? I mean, you think about it, the guys, you're missing three starters. You have some cornerback squad early and stuff. What was the biggest difference from last week to this week for you? Uh, I think we just, we, more, like, we played better as a unit. Uh, it, it usually, the games we lost, it took us a while to get going. But the defense, it, we didn't, from the get-go to the end, we came out, we played great. And we made plays all over the field. So as long as we do that as a whole, the sky's the limit for us in our defense. How does it feel for you personally? Come back in here. And- I feel great. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Stu's arm's good over oh, here. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. That'd be a hurt, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn. That was the shit. locker room's not as nice as the other one, is it? Stu's arm's good. No, nah, it's definitely not. I mean, how did it feel personally? Uh, it felt good to come in and get a win. Uh, yeah, it, it felt real good. What were the fans like for you behind the bench and stuff? Oh, they were very supportive. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, I heard a lot of people say, once the chief, always the chief. Uh, we miss you. We love you. So it was it was nice to hear those things. How much does this mean for this team? I mean, after last week? It's uh, it means a lot. And, and it showed what kind of team we have. And it showed what things, the things we can do if we stay focused and continue to build off of. It's Justin Houston and uh, a broken stool, maybe? In the locker room, uh, the visitors' locker room today at Arrowhead, and that is our Chiefs' locker room report. That locker room report is brought to you by Continental Siding. Maybe I don't know if they have chairs, but it sounds like maybe some woodwork could have uh, helped out in the locker room. And they're brought to you by Continental Siding, whether it's football or home improvement projects, like maybe putting uh, more structurally sound stools in an away locker room. Whatever it is you want to be a part of a winning team at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at Smart Siding. 
Com. Obviously, it's a big win for the Colts. I think Ursay said something about it being like one of the biggest regular season victories in the history of the franchise or whatever. But for Justin Houston specifically, obviously, there's a ton going in, into play there. Ursay said that? I got to look it up again. I just quoted something I half-assed saw on Twitter, so I'll look again. Was he coherent at the time? I mean, coherent is a strong word. He's been known to say some outlandish things from That's time to time. That's true. I, I would call... The Super Bowl championship with Peyton Manning. I said regular season. I think okay. I quoted him okay, accurately. I think I may have quoted him semi-accurately. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I it wasn't earth-shattering there, but it's interesting to know where Houston's head is at throughout that game. He did say that uh, he didn't expect to be left uh, unblocked on fourth and one. I don't think the Chiefs expected him to be unblocked on fourth and one. I, I, I doubt that that was the play call. I, I doubt that quite heavily. Right. To get there as fast as he did, just unbelievable. Look, he's not what he used to be, but that was pretty. Don't tell him that. That that was pretty damn fast. Yeah, extremely. Um, You said, do we have Tyron Matthew Beards? He had the pick today and um, and had a pretty nice game with a couple of pretty nice plays. That tackle in the backfield for a loss of eight. Everything he had a couple, two different moments. Those two moments. Tyron Matthew seemed to really keep things alive in a game where the defense didn't do a whole lot that that helped keep things moving in the right direction. It seemed like, at the very least, they just sort of were a blocking sled that occasionally got in the way of the Colts' offense. But but Tyron Matthew had a couple of, of really nice plays where he's been a bright spot for this defense. And it, it feels like it, you know, it took him a minute to kind of get tested by opposing offenses, but uh, he he has certainly found his groove, it seems, both as a leader of the defense and as someone who's actually really produced for the defense. Let's hear what, let's hear what he had to say following his first loss as a chief. Um, I know you wanted to win tonight, but could you walk us through the interception real quick? Um, yeah, I just I didn't think he saw me. Um, threw it right to me. Just try to make a play. What was the most frustrating aspect from the defensive swing? Um, I mean... You know, I felt like we had a chance to, you know, I mean, you know, our offense is a good offense, and most weeks they're going to put us in position to win games. Um, I felt like today was our chance to, you know, kind of take that step. And, um, you know, we didn't do that. You seem to be the voice every week of describing how the defense went. You guys stopped him in the red zone, held him to field goals, got turnovers. How would you describe today's performance overall by the defense? Not enough, not good enough. Um, Yeah, not good enough. Was there anything, to, you know, offensively, especially in the run game, that you guys weren't expecting? Or? Nah, I mean, you know, teams are going to do this every week to us um, until we figure it out. Um, you know, um, they're going to run the ball down our throats. So, um, because you know, after a while, it becomes a pride thing, and you know, um, has nothing to do with coaching, has nothing to do with technique, um, has everything to do with attitude, and you know, if you want to stop them. So. Um, Got a big week. Got a team that's coming in next week that could score 60 points. So, um, yeah, we've got a tough challenge ahead. You talk about the offense and, you know, usually being there and everything. Did it surprise you to, you know, could be in a situation where you only give up 19 points and yeah. you still can't get the win? Right. Yeah, that's, that's the frustrating part. I feel like, you know, we had a great week of practice. Um, I felt like we, were, we, we played together all week in practice. Um, uh, you know, even stretches um, during this game, I felt like we really stepped up, made big plays, but... Um, you know, uh, it was a few plays in that game that, you know, obviously we want back, and most games would be like that. But um, anytime you have a chance to, you know, win the game or help your team win the game, um, everybody has to feel that. And, um, you know, we came up short today.
you talk about you know that it's not you know coaching, it's not scheme, anything. You know, what is it about just being able to, to build against the run and be able to get those stops that you need? Yeah, like I said, you know, it's a pride thing. Um, it's just like tackling. Um, either you want to tackle or you don't. Um, uh, so uh, you know, it becomes an attitude thing, and um, yeah, uh, we gotta we gotta pick it up if we want to go where we want to go as a, as a team. Um, a lot of teams are gonna come in here and. They're gonna, you know, do their best to harass our offense, and you know, do their best to keep them keep them on the sideline. And um, as a defense, you, you know, you got to take pride in being in those situations. Um, you know, being challenged, having some adversity. Um, so uh, I like our group. Um, I think we got some some tough players, um, some prideful players, and um, so uh, hopefully this loss stick with us for a while, so we can, you know, continue to. You know, um, start fast, finish strong, um, you know, make critical plays, um, you know, not make critical mistakes. It's Tyron Matthew. He says that they're gonna, teams are going to do this to them every week until they figure it out on the ground. That's fair. Again, if you said that teams were going to score 19 points against the Chiefs every week, I would say wonderful. Please, bring yes, it, more. It bring it on, baby. Give them, give them 19 every week. Spot them 19. And we'll just leave it there defensively and see what this offense can do. So, um, also, that's a really good point. That next week, they're going up against the Texans yes. that put up 94 points today. Not literally, but it may as well have been. They were outstanding today offensively. Um, and... What is this? What is like like DeAndre Hopkins did nothing today for the for the Texans basically. It was Will Fuller. They're gonna have their hands full on Sunday at Arrowhead and coming off of a loss as the Texans are coming off of a, a big win is going to be really really interesting. Did Fuller have three touchdown catches today. He had at least two, and there at could have been two. a third one okay. or a fourth one that snuck in there you know, by like the end. Like over two hundred yards. Uh, yeah, it was a monster Just, game. You no. know, you know what we should do, Brian? No. I should give you a uh, scoreboard update next segment, and I'll let you know for sure. I'll bet it's sponsored. Too. I, you know what? That could be brought to you by <laughs> Boulevard Brewing Company. We'll see if they bring you a scoreboard update and a lot more uh, on our way back. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. I want you to know, dear listener, that the next segment is going to include the ugly play of the game, and uh, it's not going to be what you think it is. That's next. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. I know that Beards can save this audio and play it back in the postgame show. In fact, Beards, go ahead and just go ahead and save this. So you can hammer us later. Yep. I cannot see a scenario in which this game ends up being sneakily low scoring. The Colts are both teams have injuries on the defensive side. The Colts more so than the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense has a bunch of questions. Maybe the Chiefs defense shows out a little better than you expect here. But Unless the Colts really try to do the time of possession thing, a ridiculous red herring when you're trying to understand the sport of football in 2019. If they really go that direction and both teams lose possessions to the point that it, it you know, it's it, it's significantly fewer possessions than each team was planning on having, maybe it hits the under that way. But by style of play, I would be really stunned if this ends up being any sort of of defensive showdown. That's the self-involved ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. If you're in an ugly house and it's an ugly situation, call the ugly house guys today. 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Fix that ugly situation and turn it into cash.
I would like to fix my ugly situation, okay. which was that prediction from the pregame show, and turn it into dust. Well, at least you own your mistakes. I mean, I was way off in my pregame predictions, but it it's better than... I don't want to even say his name. Um, Bip Scalus. Never heard of it. <laughs> he will never own his mistakes. <laughs> yeah. He does a show called Second Take. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's that was the ugly take of my game. His show is a number two of one kind. <laughs> Good God, Brad. My, my goodness. Top rope. Uh, let's take some calls while we have the momentum. Let's go to DJ. <laughs> What's up, DJ, on the Chiefs postgame show? DJ? Maybe he fell asleep. I felt like I might have heard a snore. Yeah, I did. Yes, he's asleep. Okay, everybody be real quiet. Hold he's on, asleep. beards, turn him up. <laughs> you put him to sleep. Thanks for the call, DJ. Let's go to Greg. Greg, <laughs> are, is, Greg are you awake? wake up with his phone yeah, still on. Thank God. <laughs> Greg, thanks for being conscious with us tonight. What's up? Hey, uh, Josh and Brad, I heard your post-game, uh, pre-game show, and, you know, everybody's talked about how, oh, can we beat the over number? It's going to be, like, no problem to hit, hit the over number, and last week we weren't even close to hitting the over number. We, we, we were under. I think everybody thinks that the Chiefs are so great, number one, it's my first point, that their offense is just going to smoke everybody, uh, number one. So let's think about, you know, maybe this talk permeates the locker room, and they think about this, too, and suddenly they think they're great as well. They're not. Okay, they're just kind of average. And tonight's game was the run, just, they just ran our, the ball down our throats. Was, our run defense was terrible. And obviously uh, Indianapolis took the uh, game film from Detroit and said, hey, this is how we're going to beat the Chiefs. They, they showed during the game, run the damn ball on their hats, run the damn ball. So that's what they were doing. They were running the ball. We have no run defense. That's number one. Number two, why does everybody think that the Chiefs are just going to, like, roll over everybody and just, you know, run to the AFC Championship game. There's so much football to be played. I think this coming week with Deshaun Watson, I mean, we have a big, big game coming up. Um, everybody thought Mahomes was a better pick than Watson. Well, let's find out what's going to happen this coming week with Deshaun Watson. He has a lot to prove as well. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting week coming up. And I just, I just want everybody to be tempered about how great the Chiefs are. Maybe they're good. Um, talent-wise, but they're not showing it on the field right now. So we have to step up to the plate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that, and I appreciate the call, Greg. I appreciate you being awake for it also. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I know that that plays into all of this. I, I know that you can have kind of the, hey, let's use this as an excuse to kind of recalibrate our expectations and everything. I also think that this has been an overwhelming um, element for every football team for the history of forever. Like, they, they were doing this show in Boston last year whenever the Patriots were dropping road games and the dynasty was falling apart and then they won the Super Bowl. Like, I just, I, I, I don't think... I don't think it's terribly realistic to predict 16 and 0 or 19 and 0. Like I, I thought they were going to win this game, and I, I've told you before. I think I'll probably end up picking the Chiefs in each game. They could lose to Houston next week. We said the pregame show. We, did, we thought there was a 10 percent chance the Colts are going to pull out this game, and I do think that this offense is excellent. But they have now run into a very similar uh, obstacle two weeks in a row, and and that's making me. Making me very, uh, making me a little bit anxious about what happens whenever they go to New England. I will remember the the Lions and Colts games whenever they head to Foxborough. And guess who Houston has running the football? By the way, 
uh, it will uh, that would be former chief, great future <laughs> Ring of Honor, uh, maybe future Chiefs Hall of Famer jersey about to be retired. Uh, what's his name? Carlos Hyde. No, that, that that's it. He'll be the guy. That his name when, will be in the rafters. In a few years, when he retires, he'll come back for the one day contract. Yeah, he'll and, retire a chief, and the entire organization will line the stairway and, and applaud him yes. as he's coming through with his family. Uh, Carlos <laughs> Carlos Hyde revenge game will be harder to swallow than Justin Houston revenge game. He was that, there for a hot minute. Uh, that's for sure. Beards, I still don't know what kind of what audio we have. Would you please make me like a list or just send me a oh, yes, send me a that. text, please? Because I keep but, forgetting to get that. By the way, you like to go back to things on your nighttime show yes. on almost entirely sports. Yes, sir. If you go back, was it DJ who was snoring on the air? Yes. If you go back to when I you, was so sad about that. When, when you go please, back, I was excited for him. Why? <laughs> Did he have a good take or oh, something? Oh, he was like, oh, how are you doing? He was nice. And then he, you know, he was excited. And then if you go back to when you punched him up on the air <sighs> and you were introducing him, I heard the initial. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he didn't talk, I was like, I think he's asleep. And then you said, wait, let's yep. listen. Yep. I heard it right away. So go back. We'll go ahead and revisit it later. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that that was Beards. If you could just go ahead and, uh, and splice that up for our second ugly play of the game later on. Uh, that'll be it. Let's go to William. What's up, William? Hey, uh, just again, the run defense is terrible. I don't understand why Andy Reid just doesn't tell the, the coordinator something about it. But did you see his uh, Andy Reid's hands waving up in the air, just like continuously, like he was getting mad? And then you seen Patrick Mahomes on the sideline there grimacing because the defense can't get any stops on the run. Mm-hmm. Also, like, oh, I'm just, we're not. We're not going to Arrowhead to play the AFC Championship game. The Patriots aren't losing more than three games this year. But I just – I'm really sick of this run defense. I just wish they would improve it, you know. But Yeah, I, I looked at the I looked at the Patriots' schedule yesterday, I believe. And they – I mean, you got Washington today, and then I think it's the Jets and Giants. Then it gets a little hard, and then the last the two games – yeah, the last two games of the season are garbage. Those are automatic wins right. for the Patriots. They'll have they, the Dolphins and somebody else. At New England. So, yeah. like, it's just it's not going to get any better for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to have to go at least 14 or two, fourteen and 2, maybe 13 and 3, to maybe have a, a AFC Championship game at home by beating the Patriots. So, I, I'm just I'm not feeling very uh, good right now. But I'll listen out there. Great show, guys. Appreciate it, William. I think that's fair. Uh, the, the Patriots lost five games last year, and you, the defense is better now. It, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but they lost five road games last year. And, and after they play both New York teams these next two weeks, they play the Browns, Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs all in a row. That's pretty tough. That's a tough <laughs> stretch. Uh, they're not going to go undefeated. But also, then after that, it's Bengals, Bills, Dolphins, and those yeah. are three layups in all likelihood. Um, so again, like you can, you can, you can be pessimistic, or you can be worried about hosting the AFC Championship game, and I think that's totally reasonable. But it's also just want to put the the Patriots facts into perspective. There, Perry has also been waiting on hold for a while. What's up, Perry? I guess I have a question statement. Um, the last three or four years. Haven't we started out the same way? It's like everybody talks about how Andy Reid is this genius and he always plans ahead and we always take off like 4-0 and and everybody talks about And then we kind of hit a slack area where we kind of struggle or we lose and then like halfway into the season we start to catch on. Haven't we done that like the last three or four years? I mean, I would say that happened throughout the Alex Smith years. It didn't really happen last year and, and that has been changed by quarterback. But, I mean, so somewhat maybe. I don't know. I just, I, just, I thought we did 
kind of the same thing last year. But anyway, so anyway, I just think it's a little – I mean, I've been a Chiefs fan since 1960. So, I mean, I've been a diehard Chiefs fan. I went to my first game in, in, in the, the other stadium, you know. And mm-hmm. so I just think it's – I saw the first Super Bowl on a black-and-white TV. I saw the second mm-hmm. Super Bowl on my, my sister. I just bought a color television set, so I watched our second Super Bowl on that. So, you know, so I've been around for the whole thing, and I'll live and die Chiefs red. And I've been through four wives and one team in, in all of my <laughs> wow. years. So, so um, Wow. Everybody says I have That's... commitment issues with four wives. And I said, I stayed with the same team for 50-some-odd yeah. years. So, yeah, so anyway, I just, I just kind of thought, you know, I've been through with them some really good times and really bad times. So, so I just, I just kind of remember this kind of happening. You know, Andy Reid kind of plots us ahead of everybody else in the league for like three or four games, and then other teams start to catch up with us, and then we kind of struggle, and then I think we start to catch on and, and start to take off towards the end. So I don't know. I was just kind of asking if, if it was just me or – you know. So anyway, thanks a lot. That's all I want to say. Appreciate it, Perry. It's a very good line, by the way. And I will say this: like I, I do think that that's that was the status quo throughout again the Alex Smith era, and then last year the first loss was at New England, and then it wasn't the next loss wasn't until Week Eleven at the Rams, and then Week Fifteen and Sixteen they lost two in a row to the Chargers and Seahawks, um, which you know is a little bit stressful. And then they lose again in the AFC Championship game. That is a that is a more than respectable season that I think breaks that mold. But the thought has always been, the thought last season was, hey, if this is going to be different, it's because this quarterback is also different. And it's the same different quarterback now, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I mean, I would say that, that this is the worst loss Patrick Mahomes has had. Which is sort of a weird thing to say out loud. But this is the worst loss of Patrick Mahomes' career. And it was six points. And it was a close loss, and it was against a fine team, but it was also, you know, there were plenty of issues over the course of it. Um, yeah, we we opened the show talking about the offense bearing a lot of this responsibility, only getting 13 points, and it kind of brought to mind as I was taking my notes. They ran the one play, and I, I uh, jotted it down as a um, uh, a double jet sweep. Well, they had one player run past yeah. Mahomes, and then I think it was Hardman yeah, yeah, who came through yes. and, then, and then got the ball. So it yes, was kind it of was. A, it was a double jet sweep, which I I was like, okay, I haven't seen that before. But then it also kind of popped into my head: this game hasn't had a lot of creativity in terms of the play calling. Now yeah. you can't see all the routes down the field because of the television angles, right? But in terms of out of the backfield, none of those um, you know shovel passes or uh, quick tosses or anything like that. The stuff they were doing in the backfield. Lack the little creativity that that um, we're used to seeing. Let's go back to the locker room here. We haven't heard from Frank Clark yet. He uh, he's always talking to the media, which I appreciate, obviously, and he's usually pretty interesting. I'm curious how he's going to evaluate the Chiefs' defensive performance today and their loss to the Colts. Counting the games, you know, hanging in the balance here. Um, it's very important. I mean, you know, the last five games you've seen um, teams as far as. Be able to run the ball in our defense, getting over 150 yards for the most part, averaging over 150 yards for a defense. You know, um, historically that's bad. You know, season that's bad. We got to do better as a defense. You know, and stopping the run. That's the only way we're gonna be able to have fun. And unfortunately, we've been able to have fun like we want because we can't get off the field. You played on some great defenses in Seattle. Uh, do you think it's scheme? Do you think it's individual? Play, what is it that you believe has been the issue with the run defense? Man, it's a collective effort. At the end of the day, you know, as a um, as a player, your job is to execute. 
you know, make plays, make the tackles um, that come your way. You know, be in the right gaps, control your gap, um, and dominate your individual matchup. So at the end of the day, you know, you look at film, and these are some of the things we're not doing. You know, you look at um, missed tackles and um, guys being able to squeak out them extra yards to um, convert on, you know, these early down runs and stuff like that. You know, we get in the third down and then we run, you know, it's third and two, third and one. It's no mystery what these teams are coming in here to do. Anytime you look at the box score and you see um, rushing yards and stuff like that as other teams, you know, we understand what other teams are going to look at. You know, you're seeing 150 yards. Um, they probably ran for 200 yards today. You know, when you see things like that, it excites you as an offense. As a running back, I already know what it looks like. You know, so at the end of the day, it's just, you know, being able to stop this run so we can um, have fun. Is that the best offensive line you guys have gotten against? No, not at all. No? Okay. What would they do? Is it just them just playing execution? Um, so. I just feel like they, uh, the, the running back, I feel like they had a pretty good running back, young guy, but um, he was doing what they had to do to, you know, help his team win. They were worried that, you know, that you're averaging more than 150 yards in a game, or 150 yards a per game on the ground that you're giving up. Is there a worry that you know, teams are just going to keep doing this and that's going to be the, the plan to beat the Chiefs to run the ball? Uh, I think that's going to be everybody's plan at the end of the day. Um, it's something that we got to get executed first. I'm not really worried about any other team right now because we got our own problems and that's stopping the run. So at the end of the day, you know, we got to stop the run, man. You know, teams, we know teams going to focus on that. You know, that's going to be every team's um, mindset coming in to, you know, playing this every week. You know, like I said, since the beginning of the season, our problem has been stopping the run. Has been getting off the field on third downs, you know. Has been stopping the run on those big downs, those first and second downs. You know, um, we can't give up four or five yards rushing, you know, second and six. It's no mystery what a team want to do, run it again, four or five more yards. Now you're down to third and one, third and two. It's no <laughs> what they want to do then. Now it's an easy run. The quarterback sneak tonight, as you've seen. You know, it's the easy th- stuff. That's making it easy for offense. When you get to those second and longs and, you know, that's getting knockbacks on first downs. When you get into, you know, third and longs, now you got a chance as a pass rusher to go rush the passer. But we're making it real easy when it's, it's third and one, third and two for offensive coordinators. You know, it's not even – they don't got to have a large playbook to convert on them downs, you know, when it's third and one, third and two. Frank, I don't know if you were asked this earlier, but just how much more complicated does it get when you lose starting defensive tackling Chris Jones, you lose another veteran and Xavier Williams, and you use your guy on the inside linebacker and, and – Anthony Hitchens all in the game? Uh, it's very difficult. At the end of the day, um, Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles in this league. Um, and then the rest of our guys, X, you know, these are these are forces we need, you know, to go out there every day to compete. You know, these guys we count on, you know, to make plays and, you know, hold down the inside. And, you know, when you lose two of your guys, two of your best guys inside, and you got guys like, you know, hats off to Kyle, he stepped in there his first game as a rookie, you know, stepped in there and did what he had to do as best as he can, you know, um, you got other guys, um, Emmanuel Agba, he, st- he comes in, you know, after not starting the whole year and um, starts for Alex Okafor and, you know, puts out a lot of plays. He's playing long drives and he's doing what he has to do to help the team. Um, just things like that. You watch Nandi. Um, he comes in, he's competing at the highest level to help the team, you know, because it's, we play with five extra, you know, five linemen in the second half. You know, um, two defensive tackles. So hats off to our big guys on the inside because they didn't come out the game the whole second half. So, you know, um, tough ball, but at the end of the day, we train for this. This is what we train for. This is why we got long drives in practice. That's why we compete as hard as we do in practice. So that when games get hard, when our adversity hits the hardest, you know, we can respond. A couple more, guys. Frank, did you feel like the, uh, the ineffectiveness of the offense caused any, any struggles at all to affect the defense? Um, at the end of the day, it's a team game. You know, our offense didn't fill us. You know, we can't fill the offense, you know, and it's going to show. You know, at the end of the day, um, I feel like it's a team game. We've seen over the last couple of weeks, you've seen um, 
us be able to complement each other. You know, if our offense is struggling, our defense picks it up a little bit. You know, our defense struggle, our offense doing what they have to do to put the, um, you know, to run the ball, run the score up. So at the end of the day, um, I feel like today we didn't do a great job of complimenting each other, if that makes sense. Um, at the, you know, they, they want to run the ball, like I said. They run the ball, you know, we're not getting off the field. Um, offense needs the ball back. We got to get off the field on third downs to give them more opportunities. Um, as you can see, they had the, when we gave them the first downs, they had the first down matchup. I think they beat us by 10. You know, um, anytime a team's getting 10 more first downs, and you, you know, your offense, it kind of it shows what they've been doing with the ball. It's running the ball. They're moving the chains. Um, drives aren't, they aren't three and outs. You're turning drives into 12-play drives, you know, that's bad on the defense. You know, now it's the energy conservation of the game. Um, so when things like that are controlling the game, it's hard to win as a defense. It's Frank Clark uh, following the game out in the locker room of Arrowhead. I think it's the best offensive line they've played. Yeah, I, thought... I would like to know who was in these last four games before this one, but whatever. I thought that was a little disingenuous for him to say. He kind of blew it all. off like, yeah. was, this uh, the, was this the best offensive line you, you faced this season? Oh, not no. Oh, not at all. Not at all. It was, that, it was that young running back doing it all by himself. Yeah. That was disingenuous. Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm still baffled by the whole idea. And we've got a bunch of calls still that we'll get to momentarily, but... Um, I'm still seeing, like, on Twitter, the idea that, oh, that running game, that's the reason the Chiefs lost this game. I, I went and did the math. I think they ended up with 1.4 points per possession. Uh, that You can't do that, guys. You, you can't. Per carry? No. Posse- 1.4 points per possession, okay. which is wild. I mean, that is a that is a wild thing that the, that the Chiefs have not, they have not suffered a game like that in the Mahomes era. Right. I, you can be talking about expected points added and stuff, moving like that amount on individual plays. Right. And I, ju- I, I don't That's know why if I, I have the pro- juice to keep fighting that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, don't want to get I don't you know. down, Josh. Somebody else is tweeting it. People are just tweeting about it. I'm like, I, you, I don't know if people aren't listening or they don't want to or whatever. I don't know. I'm. It's too late, Brad. I'm down. <laughs> That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs Post Game Show. You're on Sports Radio 810. Uh, we'll try to cook through some more calls here. We don't have the, the, the commercial breaks disappear after midnight, but we're still here. So uh, we'll get you some more audio in a minute. We can, we can knock out some more calls here while the phone board is full. Let's go to Michael. What's up, Michael? Michael? Hello? Yeah, Michael, what's up? Yeah, hey, uh, look, I mean, everyone's got a problem with what happened last night, but let's be honest, we had twice as many, I mean, I'm not getting mathematically accurate, but I think we had twice as many injuries as Indianapolis last night, and that's on top of already not having our full offense. And let's not let's not uh, discount the fact that uh, we always – always under Andy Reid get dominated up front on any line, like defensively or offensively, and I want to know why that is. Well, what is it about Andy Reid where he goes cheap, so cheap on the offensive line, and we get dominated on the defensive side slowly over time because I know before he came in, we had a decent defensive line. You know, we were somewhat known as a good pass rushing team i i don't know it just seems like over time he makes every team he's involved with softer and softer and uh eventually it's going to catch up with us and especially today 
uh, we were passing a lot, and I know that was a good strategy because they were so young in the secondary, but uh, it just wasn't working because we were so soft on the line, and then we got more injuries, and then we had to run out of desperation, and of course, we had because of our line, it just wasn't working. I just want to know what, what that's about, and if there's a solution, and uh, I don't know. Uh, thoughts? Well, I'll give it a shot, Michael. Appreciate the call. I, I mean, cheap is sort of factually inaccurate. Like, they gave Justin Houston a bunch of money. They were paying Tom Baja Lee. They, they're paying LDT $8.25 million this year, and that number goes up, I believe. Eric Fisher, they're paying over $7 million this year. I believe they kick some of that money down the line. That'll get, move up. They're paying Frank Clark $6.5. That'll move up. They're paying Mitch Schwartz $6.4. That's going up. Uh, they're paying Cam Irving $4 million this year. They're paying Xavier Williams 3.6. They drafted Derek Nottie in the second round. They drafted Colin Saunders in the third round. Um, they they had to let Mitch Morse go because you're paying guys like Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, and you're going to soon be paying Patrick Mahomes. They might be trying to bring in Jalen Ramsey. They drafted Chris Jones really high. They're probably going to give Chris Jones a big extension at some point. Um, so like, I just, you know, I not to just dunk on you because that wasn't my point but I did realize that there about that I did name off 15 players um but like, I, I don't I don't think that cheap is the right word is probably the short thing I could have said there I, I don't think they've I don't think they've been skimping on the the lines but I do think that if you look at the skill sets they typically go for you find guys that are comfortable in space that can help pull off these really intricate and, and physical downfield blocking schemes that you're seeing in screen games and all of that, which is something that's a total hallmark of Andy Reid's offense. So I, I just kind of think you got to decide what you want to be able to do. That Colts offensive line is expensive, and they're high draft picks, and they executed. Like they, they nailed those picks to be making them that high and all of that, right? And that's, that's an offensive line that they can run the ball a thousand times. I don't think Marlon Mack four yards at a time and then Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball five yards at a time is going to do much. They built that offensive line for Andrew Luck. You, you have to remember kind of the, the origin there. And they didn't want Andrew Luck to retire, to get so physically broken down that he retired. So they give him this, this luxurious offensive line. And, and he doesn't move around like Patrick Mahomes does. There's not the screen game coming from Frank Reich that there is coming from Andy Reid. So I just I think you've got to take in all those factors to to really understand why they've made those decisions. The defensive side of the ball I have less answers for because it's C. Spagnolo who likes a rotation of guys. Where again you're looking for speed, man. You look at trying to, how do you get to Tom Brady in less than two seconds? You're, you either have to do it up the middle with a guy like Chris Jones. You have to do it really fast around the edge. But they went more physical there. They could have just extended the D4, but they didn't because they wanted someone more physical in that spot. So they paid for Frank Clark and they traded for Frank Clark. So I just I think you see the results tonight and understand where you're coming from, but I, I really don't think the methodology leads to that necessarily. Did I miss anything, Brad? No, because as soon as he uh, our last caller started talking, and again, not dunking, the first thing I the first things I wrote down was Fisher Schwartz LDT. Yeah. They're some of the highest paid in their position yeah. in the National Football League. Now, Cam Irving's want- a highly paid backup tackle, yeah. which again, is that good? No, no, no. I I don't think that trade ended up working out, or that that price tag is is terribly appropriate. But it is true, right? And then you had you had Okafor out tonight. Chris Jones got hurt, and so you're playing Colin Saunders, who was not active the first four weeks. Right. Of and the regular. They, they also did sign Alex Okafor. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like you can I, argue at the talent level in the in the yeah scheme, sure, and the sure, sure 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 were those good investments? Is that the right scheme? I I guess that's probably where I would say the the 
question would be. Um, I just think that's, you know, slightly off base in a way that is, you know, I understand you having an existential crisis like that at, at 30 minutes after midnight after the first loss of the season. I did appreciate him saying the game last night. Yeah, it, it was remind, so factual. It kind of kind of popped into my head. Oh, this is Monday. Oh uh, yes, good morning, Brad. <laughs> good morning, sir. Um, let me give you a really quick a look around the NFL because I think we could maybe use a little bit of perspective here. This is brought to you by the Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City's beer. Uh, you saw the Cardinals almost give it back to the Bengals late, but the Cardinals get their first win of the season at Cincy. Cincy's still zero and five. The Bills won in Tennessee. The team that Gary thinks is going to end up beating the Chiefs. They put up seven points against the Bills running the ball. The Bills defense is really good, but I still think the Chiefs will win that game. Um, I'm much more worried about Houston next week. The Bears, who are supposed to beat the Chiefs in December, uh, they went on the road and lost to the Raiders, who last week beat the Colts. So again, I know nothing at this point, but the Chiefs beat the Raiders, who beat the Colts, and the Raiders beat the Bears. Who Six are, degrees of separation. There's everyone in the NFL is about at that point right now, except for the Dolphins and Bengals and um, well, not even the Broncos anymore because they did it too. At least the people of London got to see a better show than what was on paper going in. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Buccaneers, who last week had this huge shootout victory wow. over the Rams, they put up 24, uh, but the Saints win that game at home with 31 points of their own. Teddy Bridgewater throws four touchdowns. Uh, the Vikings go to New York when that game 28-10. to That passing game gets back uh, on the right track again after some real tumultuousness there uh, last week. The Jets, at least we know they're consistent. Uh, they got blown out by the Eagles in Philly, 31-6. The Ravens in overtime. They need overtime to beat the uh, momentarily quarterbackless Steelers, but they, they do the win that game. String. They sure were. I literally can't remember his name right now. I've never heard of him before. Yeah, I had neither, and I've now forgotten it. Um, 26 though, tw- twenty-six to twenty-three though was the the final there in Pittsburgh, where again the Ravens, who the Chiefs beat, and who everyone thought was really good, they've had some. They got blown out at home by the Bron- the Browns, and then they barely win in overtime. Um, first to a decent Mason Rudolph, and then Devlin Hodges took go. over after that. Apparently, Jalen Samuels also threw two passes, but one of them was a pick. They were doing some of that um, Wildcat stuff. So that the Wildcat almost De- beat the, the the Ravens. I thought Devlin Hodges was on the PGA Tour. He sounds that's a Doesn't great that, call. He sounds like a golfer a thousand percent. The Patriots went down to Washington early, but game thirty three to seven on the road in Washington. The Panthers beat the Jags in Carolina. Gardner Minshew I think put the ball on the ground three times. Uh, three touchdowns though for Christian McCaffrey, who's been excellent. The uh, Texans defended their home turf 32-53. Uh, the Falcons put up 32 points and weren't even close. Not even close. Not even <laughs> close in that game. So if you want me to get nervous, I'm not going to be nervous about Carlos Hyde's 20, his, his three yards per carry today. I'm going to be worried about Deshaun Watson, who put up 426 and 5. Wow. Uh, I, hope, I hope Mahomes is feeling better in that ankle by noon this time next week because uh, that game... Well, I thought this one would be a shootout, but maybe that one actually will be. And the Broncos go to L.A., win that game 20-13. to The Packers go to Dallas and win that game 34-24, to and it never felt that close. It was not close. that close. It was not no, that close. No, it really wasn't. And then, obviously, tonight the Colts beat the Chiefs 19-13 to on Sunday Night Football. Um, there was – I wanted to give you the, uh, the, the things to look ahead for on the Texans. You know what? I'm going to make that a part of our second scoreboard update that okay. I might be contractually okay. obligated to do later on. I will give you an extra little look ahead to the Texans. But so, but while we're well, – go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, just ripping through since you went through those games, 
the narratives on the national pregame show this morning, the ESPN and Fox and CBS. So the narrative this morning was Vikings are in trouble. The wide receivers hate uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, they did pretty good today. They did. Um, the Bucks are the comeback team of the year. Everybody look out. Here comes Jameis Winston. No. Uh, no. <laughs> you actually should have been talking about Teddy Bridgewater and how well he's been playing. Yep. Um, it, it, we're two weeks into uh, Gardner Minshaw is just the most awesome guy in the whole world. And I do, he's I do Uncle, love him. He's Uncle Rico, and he wears jorts, and he's got a huge mustache. And I don't like him. I think he's I do cool. Love him. I like him. I love Gardner um, And, oh, Dak and the Cowboys are back. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Super was a Bowl narrative. contender Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that was another narrative this morning. Start talking about Christian McCaffrey a little more. Listen, dude, for, dude's crushing it. Everyone listening knows how I generally feel about running the football, but Christian, I mean, Mina Kimes tweeted this. He's an analytics Twitter. Please don't read this. But Christian McCaffrey might be working his way into the MVP conversation. Yeah, and he might be. Yep, he's been absolutely incredible. Yep. Um, okay, well, you know what? We got to get in a break here. Everybody on the line, hold on. We'll, we'll blow through that uh, board full of uh, of callers here on the Missouri Lottery Cheese Post Game Show following this next break. I'm Josh Briscoe. That's Brad Porter. Beers McFly hits all the buttons, including the one that makes the commercials play. The Chiefs post-game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Wilkins single back, rolling to the right side. It is Jacoby Brissett pump faking now. And pump faking Hitchens and runs to the right side and inside the far front pylon for a Colt touchdown. So the holding call on Indianapolis doesn't bother them at all. And the Colts get a TD on their first drive. We're making Jacoby Brissett our our uh, Bud Light famous among friends player of the game. I uh, wanted it to be uh, Marlon Mack, but he didn't score a touchdown, so we didn't have a highlight. So it's Jacoby Brissett this football season. Keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. I guess default, you go to the quarterback if nobody, if the running back doesn't score. I mean, just as far as, like, touchdown calls, mm-hmm. it was either Jacoby Brissett or uh, Jacoby Brissett. That's it. Hold on. What am I missing Did here? Did Wilkins? Wilkins. I thought there was, wasn't there another rushing touchdown? Am I drunk? What's happening? Yeah, there, no. That was, Brissett had the rushing touchdown. What happened? Is ESPN wrong? How do they score these points? Doesn't matter. Jacoby Brissett's our player of the game. Uh, I uh, We have a couple other pieces of audio before we get to some more callers. Beard's taking a call right now, though, so we are um, currently a, a bit stuck. Uh, can we go to Mo Claiborne here, Beard's, before we take some more calls? He, he, uh, he made his Chiefs debut tonight, and he showed up relatively early on, and then Jarius Ward came back out. Ward had a nice play or two and um, generally played okay. But um, I don't really know what he what his role is going to be for the long term at this point. The pass defense wasn't terrible tonight. It just wasn't it wasn't great. By the way, speaking of not great on that touchdown highlight, um, whew, Anthony Hitchens, yeah, uh, froze. Man. I'm good. Just froze. Yeah, the, the Colts just kicked field goals all night. By the way, yeah. it was just, just a, the it was a touchdown in the first quarter, and then it was Adam Vinatieri four times. Forty-six year old man beat your ass. It literally felt impossible for them to have won that game with a touchdown and four field goals because that never beats Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And Adam Vinatieri was ready to walk away from the game three weeks ago. I'm ready to walk away from the game right now. Okay. We'll see what Mark Mo Claiborne is feeling. He made his Chiefs debut tonight, and they talked to the media following the game. Uh, getting out there, how does it feel? Feel good. Uh, 
felt great just to get out there and get a chance to, you know, get your feet under you, you know, um, be with your teammates and, you know, um, so it was fun. Was that the plan to, to come in and just get you a couple of drives or was that kind of on the fly? Um, to my understanding, that's what that was the plan was, um, you know, to come in. Um, I don't I don't believe they were trying to allow me to get more than 20 or something like that. But um, the plan was just to come in, um, get a couple of series um, and um, just put some on film out there. How did it feel for you to just get in there a little bit? And, and I felt great. Um, it's been a long time, you know, and, you know, being able to get out there and, uh, like I said, be with the guys and, you know, um, in, in, in a game-like atmosphere and, you know, just, just cut it loose. So it was fun. Is there anything you feel like you want to work on before the next game or anything that really stood out to you? Well, definitely. I want to I want to make sure my, my communication and stuff like that, you know, with, you know, my teammates or with the, uh, the DBs or, or Chris, you know, I feel like it could have been um, way – better than it was tonight, you know, but, um, you know, you expect some of those, some of those things, but, you know, I, my, my expectations are high, you know, and, and, you know, I want everything, when, if I'm just happy to come in a game, I, I don't, I want to come in and we, we don't lose anything, you know, I want our communication to be crisp, you know, personally me. Did the Colts do anything tonight different than what you guys might have been expecting? Um, I mean, they, they came out and played football, they came out, they, 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 Ran the ball. They threw the ball when they needed to. You know, they made the plays that they needed to make when they needed to make them. And you know, that's that's the outcome of the game. They um, they put up more points than us. Four straight games now. The Chiefs have allowed 100, more than 100 yards rushing to an opponent. Is, is this something that you you might fear that this could become a template or a blueprint for other teams down the road? You know, we just gotta get better. Um, you know, we just gotta be in the spots that we need to be in. You know, um, I, I I honestly feel in my heart that you know. We'll be better. You know, we'll be better for this loss. Um, we'll be a better team next week and, and here on far, here on forward. You haven't, you haven't been around here for a long time, but with this offense and what you've seen, I mean, is it surprising that you hold the close to 19 points, and but you guys can't get the win? I mean, you have those moments. You know, um, you know, uh, I, you know, our, our offense is spoiled you guys, and you know, a lot. You know, but you know, when the offense is having those type of games, you know, it's up to the defense, you know, to pick them up and keep them going, and. Um, you know, um, if we could have made one more turnover, you know, given the ball back one more time, or made it, made this stop or that stop, you know, it could have been a different outcome. So, you know, when they're when they're not rolling, you know, it's it's up to us to to, to get them rolling. Ty said, you know, the tackling and, on t- and playing the run, it's really all about attitude more than anything else. Oh, definitely. I mean, you gotta want to go down and tackle. You know, like I said, like we 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 all as a collective group, you know. Um, Missed a lot of tackles or left a lot of plays out there that I know we wish that we can have back, but we can't. You know, like but like I said, um, this loss will make us a better team. I, I think you probably cut him up with some sort of uh, lesson like that if you want. I, Mo Claiborne's been here for forty-five minutes, so I don't know if that is anything yet. But the defense, maybe it, maybe it learns something from from this loss. I don't know if that's a reach or not, but that's what Mo Claiborne had to say. You self scout, try to find areas with, uh, where it's not working. Of course, the last few years that hasn't worked. But no, you got a new defensive coordinator though. Has some different ideas. And again, like not to be really obvious here, but the defense gave up one touchdown and four field goals. Yes, At every other point in the Mahomes era, that would have worked. That would have that have been a loss. So, and it wasn't just like they got to the red zone and like had turnovers. It was uh, doing some quick math. 330 yards. Mm-hmm. They gave up 331 yards and lost. 
if Alex Smith was the opposing team's quarterback, we'd have him benched for Matt Moore tomorrow. Like yeah. that's what would have happened there. And and I'm not trying to bench Patrick Mahomes. Please God, hear me now. <laughs> but you see what's happening there. Anyway, uh, we got a bunch of callers still. Let's go to Cruz. Been on hold for half an hour. Cruz, thank you for your patience. Please don't be snoring. Oh no, I'm not. Uh, no, thank thank God. you guys so much for uh, staying up so late, and uh, I really love your show. Thanks uh, for doing it. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Absolutely. Uh, so just. Listen, I'm trying to stay positive. Stay positive is my mantra, uh, and I feel like I still am. I think we're going to be okay for the most part uh, throughout the season, but uh, I feel like nobody is talking about the inevitable. It's going to be us in New England. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just a fact. Uh, And national TV tonight in front of a national audience, I feel like we're embarrassed, and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if it were New England, that would have been the opposite. They would have won. They would have defeated our opponents tonight by a large margin, and I can't stand that. And so, you know, um, I guess I'm just looking for you guys to talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, should I feel should I feel awful about it? Should I feel worried about uh, stinking New England? I can't stand Brady. I can't stand that whole franchise. I can't stand – listen, there's a criminal uh, that is the owner – so, you know, I mean, I say more, but I, 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 listen, that's who we have to beat, and I don't know that we are ready quite yet. Please talk to me about that. I, I, appreciate, so I appreciate your, your, at your energy so much, Cruz. Thank you for the call. Um, Counseling session? So here's what I'll say. Because actually, I actually, um, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and we've talked about this quite a bit. And I've written about this a little bit, so I've, I've had enough time to sort of organize my thoughts on this exact topic. The game against the Lions last week was one of those games that you say the Patriots win that game and the Chiefs lose that game every time. Over the history of those franchises, Brady wins those games and Andy Reid, Alex Smith, anyone wearing an arrowhead loses those games. And so I actually think where Cruz is coming from there with a sort of, um, I don't know, eternal pessimism that you don't want to believe, right? Mm-hmm. That the feeling of the feeling of pessimism is wrong because he's talking about being optimistic, but the, the feeling of the inevitable. Mm-hmm. I think if you are a Chiefs fan and you don't acknowledge that you feel that, you are either really good at compartmentalization or you're lying. Because I get it, man. I do. And that's why I was so excited about the way that game last week ended up going. Because it felt like a breaking of the mold. It felt like a breaking of the status quo. Oh, this team can win these games that it's not supposed to win. It was the Ravens game last year. Mm -hmm. You can convert fourth and long with this wizard at quarterback. And to lose this game tonight, if that's sort of a setback Mm -hmm. in in your mental recalibration... I understand. It should be. Because, again, as I said earlier, this is no exaggeration. It's the worst loss Mahomes has suffered as a pro so far. Mm-hmm. And and with that as a setback, I, I think that if you feel that you've been set back by it, you're in good company. Yeah. And I, he probably comes from the same era that, um, that I am from. And a lot of us uh, are still sore about 95 and 97. Mm-hmm. And one was the Broncos and one was Jim Harbaugh and the Colts. And then you had Peyton Manning in the Colts in the game where nobody punted. And what's different about this era, though, is at the end of the road, there's the Patriots. 
Right. Just every year, they're just staring you down. There's the Patriots. Now the Steelers have overcome it. Um, the Ravens have overcome it. There have been you know other teams that have. The Chiefs just haven't yet. And for those teams, it's always felt like a fluke. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Peyton Manning with the Colts, and really, I guess Peyton Manning in general, Peyton Manning did it enough times, and not very many still, right. but he did it enough times like, all right, you know what? Peyton Manning can do this. Right. Eli Manning did it in the Super Bowl. That's true, yeah. and that pass rush, and, and you can go to the Steelers a couple of times, but every single time, the, the next time they, they met up, it was always, well, yeah, last time was a fluke, this time I picked the Patriots, mm-hmm. and more often than not, you would be right picking the Patriots. Like, you can think about how wild it is. And like, there's there's no shame in going, I feel like there's something inevitable about the Patriots because half of the time over the last 20 years, they've won the damn Super Bowl. Like, almost, that's almost not even exaggeration, which is insane. It's an absolute madness. Uh, let's go to Jared. What's up, Jared? This is uh, counseling if you want it or uh, whatever you need. We'll, we'll be it for you on the Chiefs postgame show. Appreciate it. How you guys doing tonight? We're Thanks holding through, taking, holding up. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I just want to say it was a tough game tonight. Uh, you gotta get the coach credit. They came in with a great game plan tonight. Uh, they controlled the game for most of it, and uh, uh, we just we just didn't play very good tonight. I mean, we just it wasn't our best game, and I mean, I'm not. It's just upsetting in a way. I mean, wish we would have played better. But, uh, and the officials, I mean, it seemed like they just were, I'm not sure what passing the fiance is now. I mean, mm-hmm. there were some questionable calls tonight and throughout the NFL today, watching some games today. But uh, uh, I think we'll be all right, though. And uh, hopefully we can bounce back next week and beat some Texans. Go Chiefs. And uh, appreciate the call, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the pass interference thing, actually, I don't think we've really even brought up. Um, the pass interference call on Bashad Breland was longer than the Colts' two longest running plays combined. It's 53 yards. Longer than their two longest running plays combined. Mm-hmm. Talk about the clock. You talk about the control. You talk about the pace. You can talk about the time of possession or the number of possessions. Those big plays. I mean, that was their longest play of the game. The the Colts' longest play of the game was a 53-whatever, I think, right? 53-yard pass interference call against Bashad Breland. Mm-hmm. And you throw in 11 penalties for 124 yards, so take 124 minus the 53. That's still that's a good chunk of yards. Yep, yep, and they were consistently happening just least, all over the place. At least the, they weren't happening on special teams like last week. Every special team. That's the good news. There the bad, you go. The bad news is there weren't a lot of special teams opportunities no, in this no, game. No, there were not a lot of returns. No. <laughs> uh, let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. What's up? Dan, you there? Who? Dan? Who? Well, you're, whoever's talking right now, you're it. Maybe. There. What's your name? Dan. Oh, yeah, we got you. I, I don't trust okay, beards so either, so no, no worries. No, that's right. No, I, I have more like complaints than anything. Uh, nobody's talking about Travis Kelsey and what happened with Eric Bieniemy on the sidelines. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was. If anyone that was bad. If anyone didn't see or miss anything, they were like they were beefing on the sideline, and at one point Kelsey kind of like pushed him away, and then he caught a pass later, and then they were hugging. So someone tweeted and asked him what was going on there. 
I imagine that's relatively normal. But you're right. No one brought that up. Kelsey didn't talk after the game. Bien me will talk normal, on Wednesday. Dude. I've never seen Kelsey do that ever in my life. That was not normal, but whatever. Yeah. Also, okay, so my other complaints were our offensive line obviously could do nothing, couldn't protect Patrick. Our defensive line was two yards behind the play on every play. And the yeah. Colts were getting two yards automatically because of our disgusting defensive line. Next thing is the uh, the play calling of Andy Reid. I mean, I, it just seemed like he was calling the craziest plays. I, I don't know. I just didn't see what I normally would see from an Andy Reid offense. So, I don't know. I just thought the whole game was a, a complete mess. It was a mess. We joked earlier. Thanks for the call, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, about making the whole game the uh, uh, We Buy Ugly Houses ugly play of the game, just just three hours game. of audio just sped up or whatever. Um, listen, the play calling late, we, we did talk about some earlier, and that was all really confusing. Part of it, though, where I – and I, I really – I don't want to just play both sides here. I have no problem being wrong if you didn't hear that earlier. Like, I'm going to try to give you what I honestly think. What I honestly think about the play calling is that – I have to go back and and try to either watch more or have people who get to watch it more who can tell me things that I don't see the first time through to help me understand, hey, were these bad play calls situationally or were there guys that Andy Reid was forced to trust in situations that ended up, you know, losing it there? Like, again, on, on that fourth and one, was that the right play call if Cam Irving just – if Cam Irving – shoves uh, Justin Houston like Travis Kelsey shoved Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Not all the force <laughs> in the world. Didn't pancake him, but maybe a little bit of resistance just there. Does that fourth and one call work? Stood in the way for a second? Yeah, just get in the way for a second. Does it, what if he hugs him like Travis Kelsey did to Eric Bieniemy? If if you get anything like that, does that fundamentally change what it is that you're able to pull off in that moment? Maybe, but also, if you're the, if you're the play caller, you have to be able to play to your team's strengths and weaknesses, which is, again... All of those are factors that, that it's really, really hard to intelligently evaluate right now because I don't have everything yet, you know? So, And they tough. always say, you know, the coaches always say when, when guys get hurt, well, next man up, we're not going to change for anything. We coach You're, our, Brad, excuse me, if I, if I may, speaking of Eric bien me, we coach our backups to take those jobs of those starters, and we coach our starters yeah. not to lose their job to the backups. Okay, so in the game, in the— Eric bien says that literally every week. Yes, he does. In the play calling, and I kind of I talked about it earlier, not necessarily critical. I just didn't see the creativity that I'm used to. But you're already down Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins is gone after about a minute. Mm -hmm. So then you're down to Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman. Yep. And I'm uh, Demarcus I'm, Robinson. And Demarcus Robinson. I'm thinking you probably make some adjustments there, and you're not going to be airing it out the way you normally do. You're down your yeah. two, your top two guys. Yeah, and again, I, I really do think that changes whenever you're looking at man versus zone, where again, yes. Demarcus Robinson and, and, and yep. McCole Hardman and maybe even Byron Pringle can win in the zone plenty. Whenever you make them win win one-on-one -on -one matchups, it can be really tough. I mean, you didn't see the Colts winning a ton of one-on-one -on -one matchups tonight whenever the Chiefs were playing man. Like, that was working out okay for them. Um, you saw Kenny Galladay winning a certain chunk of matchups last week. But, I mean, it, that's a tough thing to do even whenever you are mixing in some zone. And the Colts have played a lot of zone, mm -hmm. and they played man for the Chiefs. And not having to do it against Tyreek Hill, it worked. I don't think the Texans are going to be able to keep up with Tyreek Hill next week. I, at this point, I don't expect Sammy Watkins to be there, because why would I? The bigger question is, is Chris Jones out there? I don't know. At this point, he was ruled out quickly. Yes. Makes me really nervous. Groin injury. Yeah. And that's what's got uh, Eric Fisher out. And yeah. And had surgery for. Yep. 
Yeah, that ended up moving up a little bit as a core muscle. I don't know. I, the, the the Chris Jones thing happened very, very fast, and yeah. so that makes me very, very nervous. Uh, let's go to Tommy Moe. What's up, Tommy Moe? Isn't this past your bedtime? Uh, no, and it should be past yours. I mean, Brad has kids. I understand that. But, my God, you're a young buck. <laughs> this should be just hitting your stride about this time of night, shouldn't you? I really am. I just got my third wind. Yeah, here, there you go. I've that's got my I, fourth. So that's what I call go. Red Bull. Hey, uh, there's an old saying, death by a thousand paper cuts, mm-hmm. and that would be best to describe our defense, isn't it? I mean, it was it was at least it was at least bleeding slowly by a thousand paper cuts. I don't because I, I listen, you, man. You've heard. I don't. I don't think the the defense killed this game, but it was it was a thousand cuts. Yeah, I mean, just three yards here, penalty there. Yeah, four yards there, and I, I get Frank Wright all the. Uh, he held his water, and I think if Baltimore would come in and just run, you know, dive right and dive left, so to speak, uh, pretty much what they did tonight. Did you say 45 running plays tonight? Yeah, yeah, 45. I don't know when the last time an NFL team did that. Me neither. In, in today's modern NFL. But uh, give them credit for holding their water and just sticking to the game plan and uh, no play longer than, you know, whatever. 15, 20 yards. Yeah, they had the 30-yarder pretty early on. That was the longest one by a long shot. Now, the offense just didn't have the rhythm, and I was at the game, and when uh, McCoy fumbled the ball, it just felt like after that, we felt like every time we had the ball, we had to press and had to do something spectacular. No, last time we played the Colts, what Damian Williams had in running, I think it was like 135 yards Hmm. on like 23 attempts. I don't know. And that was with Darius Leonard playing middle linebacker. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't going to work tonight. The way our offensive line pass blocked, maybe that was a foreshadowing how they were going to run block, which was mm-hmm. not very good either. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had 135 yards last last year in a playoff game in, in the snow. Yeah. And tonight it just felt like we aren't going to run. We're not going to try to run, albeit on second and 30. I guess that's the only time we did run, huh? <laughs> Unbelievable. <Josh? laughs> Unbelievable. Don't do this to me, Tommy Moe. I don't have it. I don't have it anymore. I can't. Yeah, second and 30 on your own two-freaking-yard line. Let's just run a little – a little. Just, just just run left. Just run left, Damien. See what happens. Yeah, like I said, uh, we just don't have the linebackers to play the run. Yeah. And if we're going to run a 4-3 – the D tackles, the DNs are supposed to consume the defense, the offensive line of all four or hopefully five blockers. And your linebackers are supposed to fill holes and make plays at the line of scrimmage, maybe behind the line of scrimmage, maybe mm-hmm. one yard mm-hmm. on this side of the line of scrimmage. You know, Ben Neiman, bless his heart, he's to use a grunnyism, he doesn't have enough lead in his pants to play middle linebacker yeah. on a running down. Yep. He's he's a he's a, a dime linebacker. That's all that he is. And, uh, you know, Anthony Hitchens, I don't know, like I said, I'll go to my grave. Want to know who who said give, give this guy $9 million a year? We couldn't have gotten him for three. We couldn't have gotten him for five. I, I just want to know who was negotiating there. And, you know, maybe that guy can negotiate my next contract because <laughs> for a guy to get $9 million a year to, to play like that. And that, that was so pathetic when uh, Kobe Brissett pump-fanked and he jumped up in the air. And then he just outran him to the corner. That was just so was that bad. was such a bad There NFL were so play. many things that just, went wrong on that play. So yeah, many things that were that bad. were wrong. Just run at him and tackle him. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he throws the ball, then let the defensive backs make the play. You weren't gonna jump with your twelve inch vertical and knock <laughs> the ball down. Hey, what's wrong with a twelve inch vertical? 
Well, for you and me, nothing. But we don't, we're, not, <laughs> we're not making $9 million a year. No, you are not wrong, Tommy Moe. And uh, thank you for the call. It's always good to hear from you. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's here's the thing, man. The, the if you want to talk about like Brett Veach decisions and everything, I've got more frustrations with the Hitchens thing than I do Frank Clark at this point or anyone else for that matter. He wasn't that dude last year in a scheme that really didn't do him any favors. This year, uh, he's got to have something. And he had one of the most memorable bad plays of the night tonight. And that's rough. When you go back and look at that Brissett run for the touchdown, you're going to circle four to five guys who were just walking around like, what should I do? <laughs> Whose responsibility is this? Who's Who's got the outside gap? Who's got Nobody, yeah. set, nobody set the edge. Yeah. Hitchens is jumping up in the air. Like, what are you going to do? I don't know. I mean, there were so much. There point. were so many bad things that that happened on that play. How do you not? If you're Anthony Hitchens in that spot, how do you not go? Well, I'm the only guy that could hit him. If he's going to throw over my head, someone can throw over. Can can try to defend it, but I'm the only one that can hit that guy. Right. It's really really frustrating. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. We're going to wrap up the Chiefs post game show whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs post game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Rosette now empties the backfield, putting Mack to the far side. He is a good pass receiver as well. Rosette against the rush, firing for the end zone. It's intercepted at the 10-yard line. Intercepted. Moving up the right side at the 20, 25. Moving back to the right, it's the Honey Badger. And the Honey Badger is up and finally down at... His own 36-yard line. The Honey Badger doesn't care. He picks it off, and the Chiefs get the first big defensive play of the game. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, with the pick. There was a good highlight that we had left in the bank here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Josh Briscoe, Brad Porter with you. For a few more minutes, uh, I told you earlier I was going to bring you one more look around the NFL. Just a couple. I gave you the full scoreboard update earlier. Here's a couple of things worth keeping an eye on. A couple of noteworthy results from around the league here brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, again, the uh, the Raiders end up getting a victory in London at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium over uh, the Chicago Bears where Chase Daniel did his best Mitch Trubisky impression yeah, and was uh, and wasn't good enough. It was hard to watch. The Raiders are now 3-2, and two, uh, which if you uh, pay attention to the afternoon game today, you know is good for second in the AFC West because the Chargers lost at home to the Broncos. So the Chargers fall to 2-3. and three. The Broncos fall to 1-4. and four. I mean, or not fall to one. Well, they, they're down, but they're not falling any farther. They're still at the bottom of the division, but with a win on the road against the Chargers. Um, it's making that game coming up against uh, the Broncos maybe look a little interesting for the Chiefs. Traveling on the road to Mile High is always weird. Yeah. Andy Reid has been dominating the AFC West for a while, but it's something I'm aware of as the Chiefs put up 13 points tonight. I don't think 13 probably gets it done for the Broncos, but I don't know. I'd... 19 wouldn't have got it done against the Broncos. That's what the Colts put up. So I am, uh, I'm, I'm firmly entrenched in a shrug emoji around the rest of the AFC West at this point. But I did mention earlier that the Texans win against the Falcons, 53 to 32. The Texans, obviously, the team the Chiefs will see next. Deshaun Watson was 28 for 33. Just, I mean, almost 
impeccable. Uh, 426 through the air, averaged almost 13 yards per pass attempt. Five touchdowns, no picks, did not get sacked. Um, Carlos Hyde had three yards of carry and scored a touchdown. I'm over it. Will Fuller goes 14 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns. Two touchdowns for Darren Fells. DeAndre Hopkins goes seven for 88. Kiki Guti goes 30, uh, three receptions for 72 yards. Just a lot happening there for the Texans. And, and the Falcons put up a, a decent showing offensively with some uh, with 15 points in that fourth quarter. It was it was 17 to 16 Falcons at halftime. But uh, that game is going to be really, really, really interesting next week. And we'll be doing the post-game show for you right here on Sports Radio 810 uh, whenever that game wraps up tomorrow. It's a nooner. Or not tomorrow, next week. It feels like I wish it was tomorrow because we get this one out of the way. Uh, <laughs> but next week, it, it kicks off at noon right here at Arrowhead, and we'll be here as soon as it ends. Don't forget tonight, since we're already into Monday, don't forget Monday Night Football tonight. you got the 49ers and the Browns. It's one of that the instances of a yeah. It's one of the instances of a uh, undefeated home team who uh, nobody believes in literally at all. Right. I'm, I will be very interested <laughs> to see that. Yes, tonight. Right. Here on Sports Radio 810, the other side of tonight. Uh, okay, that's uh, that, that has uh, brought us around the NFL. Your NFL scoreboard update brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Brewing Company. All right, Brad, I'm going to give us each a minute here. Uh, you can take away what you want. You can fight with somebody on Twitter. Whatever it is that you need to get off your chest from this game this evening as your final words. I, I don't like to fight on Twitter. I mean, obviously the Chiefs have to score more than 13 points. That's just we haven't seen it in what? Two years? We haven't seen that kind of under Patrick Mahomes lack of offensive performance. But I'll be interested to see this week with the injuries mount mm. if we see Brett Veach out uh, trolling the waiver wires and the free agent pool and those sorts of things. Because you, we, this team may have issues not only this week but maybe for the next two to three to four weeks with some of these injuries as they pile up. It's a, it's a good point because if Alex Okafor is a real long-term injury, if Chris Jones yep. is a long-term injury, Anthony Hitchens has some issues, but he's the middle of this defense. That's what you can typically go to there as, as someone where you know at least he's going to be in the right spot. So all of that, I think, is very, very important. I'm going to say this on the way out, and I might be shaking my fist at a cloud, but if your takeaway from this game tonight is the Colts won because they dominated on the ground, I just I I don't know how you can genuinely believe that. The offense had trouble beating man coverage. The 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 offensive line could not protect Patrick Mahomes. This isn't something where Mahomes was bad tonight. He was knocked off his spot constantly. He wasn't great, certainly wasn't transcendent, but you can see what happened there. The Chiefs had nine possessions offensively to score 20 points. 20 points would have done it. And LaShawn McCoy on a fumble, some other mistakes elsewhere, that all sweeps through, and, and that's where this game falls apart for me. And the bright spot tonight, we had a caller actually fall asleep while on hold. Highlight of my night. That's Brad Port. I'm Josh Briscoe. <laughs> Thanks, Beards McFly, for on the buttons. We'll talk to you again next week. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. 